when you first got to the varsity football team at JJ Pierce High School, who was the first person to kick your butt and welcome you to that varsity level competition? Well, uh, man, I can't I can't give you a specific name, um, but I do remember our very first scrimmage. Um, we went to Duncanville, mm. and and you know they were uh, man they they may have been a wishbone team I don't know but they they were running veer they were running veer and I, I was like a walk down nine technique and they blocked down. And I just remember I never even saw that dive on that beer, man. It freaking flew past me. I was like, holy smokes, these guys are flipping fast, you know. And I was just like, that's a whole different level, you know. And I just remember thinking, you know, I better I better pick it up. I better be a lot quicker than what I was just there and stuff like that. So I remember that. And then, you know, in the early 90s, we were, we were in a district, uh, Lake Highlands, man. They were rolling back then. I, they were like one of the all-time winningest teams in Texas in the 90s. And they had some amazing players. They were always tough to play. And then Plano, man, they were winning state championships or playing for state championships. They had they had a they had a a quarterback. His name was Scooter Azel. God, man, he he would run that triple option. He was he was just mm-hmm. a tough competitor, really hard to play. They had a fullback named John Spay. He was really good. Yeah. Um and I just remember playing those teams and just remembering how tough they were. Uh man, I remember one time we were playing the John, John Spay was their fullback. And uh, I was playing playing linebacker, and 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 the B gap opened up, and they were running like weak side ISO, and I had to go meet him in the freaking hole. And I remember we hit so hard; it was early in the game. Yeah. And I remember thinking, God, this is not going to be fun if we have to do that all game, you know? Like, and so, just kind of a choice of toughness. Like, man, am I going to answer that bell every time? Because I know this kid probably will, you know. And so, just one of those deals, you know. When, when a coach says, you know go hit him early, hit him and see, you know, I remember having to be like, okay, I've got to make this decision. I don't have to do this again and again and again. And so, yeah, it was, they were good. They were tough teams. It always feel like I need one more boy. And one more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and sharing them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. And one more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and sharing them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. And one more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough. But you be told I need some therapy. Initially, ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy. All right, welcome back to another brand new episode of the Team Player Podcast. This is episode number 81. This is a guy I've known for a pretty long time, man. I've been really wanting to get him on the show. Uh, someone that I kind of met, just our, our friendship kind of started by chance in a way, you know, just talking after one of our games and uh, really, he was someone when I was head coach at Aldine really helped me um, as we were going through some of the same struggles together as first time head coaches. And he has gone on now and he is the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach for a very good team uh, at for Bernie High School. It is my pleasure to welcome my friend, Coach David Wilkinson to, to the show. Well, thanks for having me, man. It's, it's good to see you again. Uh, it's good to reconnect and, and talk. Uh, you know, we I've been following you and all this stuff, but it's, it's good to, to, to be on the show, and I appreciate you having me. Absolutely. And I, I, I'm remiss to say the Bernie Greyhounds. I mean, that that is one of the better names uh, in, in all of high school sport. I mean, we, we can dig into that, but did, did you just dig that when you were coming in there to be a Greyhound? Uh, man, you know, uh, uh, to me, it's kind of, you know, kind of weak, but, 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 but we, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, kind of go hounds, you know, like yeah. go hounds go. And, 
you know, it's just, I mean, I'll tell you what, we wear, we wear purple too, which I had never done. You were a purple oh, guy, yeah. but I was just yep. like, man, purple, huh? And then now it's like our whole house is nothing but purple and we love it, you know? And uh, So yeah, I mean, it's just like, just like anything, man, when you get to a new school, you got to kind of embrace the greatness of it and the traditions of it. And I mean, now we're just all in, you know? It's funny you say that, man, because it I, I was the same way of going to Austin College and being a kangaroo. Mm-hmm. I thought that was so lame at first, but then now looking back on it now, I'm like, man, that's actually a kind of cool mascot, man. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, pretty fierce, it's, but it's not it's not your average. It's kind of unique and you and yeah. you like it. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, but hey, if, if you've been enjoying the show, if you're part of the team player movement, again, just take the five seconds, give us the five star rating wherever you're listening. We've got 65 on Spotify and 30 and Apple Podcasts. So we're approaching over 100, 100 ratings. So I'm really uh, uh, proud of that. If you want to leave a written review, uh, please uh, do so. And I'll read those on the show. You can hit the follow button to subscribe and get a new episode in your queue every Sunday. We'll be honored if the team player podcast made it in your rotation. And I'm your host, James Kovaleski. Please follow me on Twitter at coach underscore Kovo. That's coach underscore K-O-V-O. All right, coach, let's talk about your early life. You, you grew up in Richardson, Texas. And so for those uh, that don't know, it's the, the first uh, suburb, I would say north uh, of Dallas, you know, so maybe. Yeah, so everybody knows Dallas and everybody yeah. knows Plano. Sandwiched in between those two is Richardson. And so, uh, yeah. yeah, I'd call it the first suburb north of, of, of Dallas. Just north so maybe it's kind of like a Aldine or a spring kind of uh, in a way, geographically speaking, at least. I mean, geographically speaking. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. That, that'd yeah. be I, I've always equated it to yeah but as as far as like demographics and and diversity i've always equated it i thought it was very close to like the clear creek isd i got you schools you know um some diversity things like that uh you know but just good solid schools and a good place to grow up yeah so let's just kind of dig into that a little bit i mean i got to experience a little bit because you're you're really pretty close to the city in richardson i mean it's it's it's, yeah, I think I think it's like twelve miles from downtown. Yeah. It's it's not too far. Yeah, I mean, was was that something where it was pretty routine and easy for you guys to go down uh, into the city and catch a Mavs game or, or something like that? Or, or yeah, so, so you know, growing up, well, growing up, the Mavs were terrible, so it was really easy to get a ticket. So you could right. you could walk in, and you know, uh, that was always fun. And then I remember, like in high school, you know when we got a little bit more freedom, we would go down to like the West end area and yeah. kind of hang out, you know, they had like, you know, they had like spaghetti warehouse and things like that. We'd go eat at and stuff like that was kind of, you know, venturing out of our, of our little neighborhood, you know, but our parents would still let us do it type stuff. Uh, and then, you know, we would always drive over to Arlington in the summer, uh, which was kind of a ways. It seems like it's all connected now, but back then it's yeah. kind of ways. And we'd just go to Ranger games all the time. You know, that was kind of, that kind of filled our, our weekends um yeah so it was it was it was a good place to grow up man lots to do and uh yeah richardson's a great city still is you know they're really involved in they're like parks and rec i remember growing up i always went to like city of richardson day camps and things like that and always had fun you know and, and then all their stuff and uh richardson's cool uh in fact the the longtime athletic director of richardson his name's bob doobie great guy uh he, he's on uh Texas Athletic Directors Association stuff. He just won mayor for of Richardson, wow. like yeah, like three months ago. So it's pretty cool that I mean, and, and he was like influential. In my life. He, you know, he hired me, gave me my first job at Richardson ISD. So to see him like be the mayor now, so I, I tried to support him as much as I could through social media and stuff, and in his campaign. And so it's it's really cool. It's just you know, it's uh, I haven't lived there for twelve years, but to me, it's just always kind of home. You know, it, it's it's where I grew up and. 
Um, you know, my parents lived a long time. They, they actually live here in Bernie now with us, but, okay. um, yeah, but man, I, I love Richardson. It's a great town, great school district, a good place to grow up. And you went to JJ Pierce high school and I actually had a good friend in college. Uh, and I, I want to say y'all were the Mustangs. Am I right? On yes. That? Yeah. yeah so we're, JJ... I mean, it's like carbon copy of SMU, like the, the yeah. color pattern, everything. <laughs> yeah. We followed that. I remember a couple of famous alums. I think, uh, Ray Childress, I want to say. Went oh, to yeah. JJ. He's probably the best. Um, yeah. And you know, like when I went there, I didn't really realize how great he was, you right. know? Um, and then you kind of get out and you're like, wow. But I remember he was in the hall of fame and then probably the most famous, uh, is Jessica Simpson. She was actually a freshman when I was a senior. Wow. I didn't know she was even on campus, man, right. which is kind of crazy, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she took off to Hollywood and then, and then I played football with, with a really good football player. He ended up walking on at A&M came a four-year starter at AM and then played in the league for you know eight eight years or so his name was rich cody oh i remember uh, rich cody yeah man, so we, grew up, Absolutely. we grew up playing all sports together uh our families are, are close rich is rich was a freaking hell of a competitor and uh man he just yeah, he went on to really really good things and he's still like in his career he's a big real estate guy in dallas and continues to to have tons of success there man that that's that's really cool um I was actually just just talking of Jared Rye for another episode, and, and uh, he's he's out in Bur uh, Burnet, and uh, he was telling the story of Stephen McGee. Yeah, he came j just just like what you described, Rich Cody. You know, maybe the NFL career was short for Stephen. I think injuries kind of factored in, but mm -hmm. he's like, you know, the reason why why Stephen's successful now isn't because he can throw, he can sling a football. It's because he those, he has those winning characteristics, and it sounds like Rich right. Cody's the exact yeah. same way. So yeah. very cool, v very very cool. And he said while you were at Pierce, uh, you were on the football team, wrestling baseball man Sonny Dykes was your offensive position coach yeah, for a year yeah. wow so, uh, so June <laughs> my junior year um yeah we get you know a couple couple ch coaching changes and we get this new like 24 year old coach you know and it was Sonny Dykes yeah and of course we all knew who his dad was right you know so we're like oh cool man like Spike Dykes is you know whatever and he was young man and he was awesome like he taught English uh, he had a Beastie Boys poster in his classroom, you know, and then uh, we, we we practiced both ways. We kind of had a primary position and secondary position. I was more of a linebacker, but on the offensive side, I was a fullback and he was our running backs coach. So he was my offensive coach. And uh, man, he, he was cool. Like I, I, I really liked him. He liked me. And and uh, so still when I see him, it's, it's kind of funny, you know, that we kind of relive those days and, and all that stuff. And obviously where he's gotten uh, to this and he thinks, you know, obviously he thinks it's really cool that I'm, that I'm a coach. And, uh, you know, I spoke at the DFW clinic this year and he, he spoke there. And so it was cool to kind of reconnect there. And, and uh, it's just yeah. pretty fun. It's good stuff. Yeah, no, no, very, very cool. How many, how many of us can say that a, a national championship uh, level coach, uh, you know, coaches yeah. in our offensive position? Yeah. So. But, and he was like, in, uh, I, guess I, I guess I'll go ahead and tell this. He won't care. Yeah, you know, he was like 24 years old. So like on Saturday mornings, we'd roll into practice. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they probably went hard, you know, Friday yeah. nights. Yeah. The game. And, and like, I just remember he like, his car was never at school. And so he's like, well, hey, Will, if you'll take me in my car, I'll buy you Whataburger breakfast, you know. And I'd, just <laughs> I'd, be like, I'd be like, why don't you have your car, coach? And he's like, shut up, man. Just just take me in. Uh, yeah. He never answered the question, incriminate, but. But we, but we both knew what was going on, you know. I guess it's pretty funny. Hey, kudos, kudos to Coach Dykes for using a designated driver and not driving that car home. That's actually that's <laughs> that's, a, that's exactly right. That's a great exactly story. Right. I actually like yeah. that. That's really cool. But now, and you said Todd Nix was your head coach. Uh, yes. And I don't know. I mean, I, I know my buddy played under uh, Bobby Ray's. I believe was his coach. But uh, so, so Todd Bobby, Nix, Bobby, Bobby, 
was the first head coach I worked for. He hired okay. me as a junior yeah. high coach. Yeah, he hired me as a junior high coach. And then I moved up through his system a little bit and was an assistant O-line guy. Uh, yeah, and then um, moved on. Our running backs coach got the OC job at North Garland. I went with him as his, like, head O-line coach. So, But anyways, Bobby is awesome. Great dude. Yeah. His son, James, is kicking butt at Lumberton right now. Just a great coaching family. That's his son? I didn't know that. Okay, so James, yeah, right? Yeah. 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 And so, like, James and I were, like, when we started out, we were both, like, 23 years old. James was coaching at Bishop Lynch. Then he went to, like, Midlothian. Yeah. You know, anyways. And then, uh, so, like, yeah, James and I used to hang out, man. Like, it's crazy. Like, yeah. So, like, and then his dad was our head coach and yeah uh you know we were we we're all kind of buddies back then and so now you know I, I thought we might play him in the semis this year and i was like man how cool would that be if james and i get to get to play against each other so yeah he's obviously doing an awesome job at lumberton kicking butt and i think they're gonna be really good again this year man and no, no doubt about it it's, it's funny again when i was talking to coach rye it's like in coaching it's kind of like that six degrees of kevin bacon like yeah. we, we all have connections man and uh, yeah, because uh, for my day job at Dactronics, uh, Lumberton purchased a, a video board from Dactronics. So okay. I, was, I was actually, that's when I went out there, met Coach Reyes for the first time yeah. uh, last year. But another guy, you know, when I was, and I kind of, I kind of, uh, you know, teased this a little bit in the intro. When I was struggling at Aldine, I looked for coaches that I felt like were in similar kind of, you know, situation or not situation, you know, similar uh, scenarios. We were struggling. Or, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And two yeah. Of the, your, yourself at Baytown Lee and then Dave Handel. Uh, at Galena Park and I yeah, absolutely do you yeah. know Dave or... oh yeah yeah so okay. Dave uh Dave grew up at Lake Highlands um which yes. is in our district uh he's a couple years older than me but he's very very good friends with my head coach now uh at at, at Lake Highlands I'm sorry they went to Lake Highlands yes. together my head coach now at Bernie's yep. Shea Hendricks um they were both Lake Highlands guys and then our defensive coordinator is a guy named Brett Sawyer who's been a head coach in Baytown he's a head coach of Baytown Sterling and okay at Sweeney um, Brett and I are really, really good friends. And, uh, so anyways, yes, I know David, I know him pretty well because of those guys and just the connections through them. And then David, funny, Dave Handel and I, when we were, we were both getting alternative certification teaching yeah. and we were in those classes together. Yeah. This is like, in, you know, 2000 back in, back in Richardson. And so he went on to Berkner high school and I went to Park Hill junior high, yep. uh, you know, cause his, his old coach, Jim Letford from Lake Highlands, hired him over at Berkner and then and then Bobby Ray's gave me my first shot because of my teachers at Pierce they all you know and so I I got in the uh, junior high system at, at Pierce and so yeah we went through that alternative uh, certification program together and yeah we've just been coaching buddies ever since yeah yeah and I always kind of wonder that because I mean I, I definitely turned to both of you two and you two are really helpful and instrumental in helping me just improve some things you know uh within Aldine but the cool thing that I, I didn't I guess I didn't fully know is I mean I knew he coached at Berkner but I didn't know I guess you went to JJ Pierce and so now you two are both Richard ISD kids and it's a it's a district that I found interesting when I was up in Sherman at Austin mm -hmm. College for four years I mean I had several teammates that came out of Richardson and it's it's just interesting to me and I was actually I'm actually going to interview Dave Handel tonight because his, ep oh, okay, his episode. Cool, yeah. So well, tell him I said of, hello. I just saw him at coaching school, but yeah, yeah. he's what? an awesome dude, man. Do and then yeah, he's kicking butt at Tom Ball, and that's yeah. the deal. Is you know we went through those went through those jobs where we struggle, and then you know I haven't been a head coach since, but not sure I want to be either. But right, um, right, sure. But you know you learn so many lessons in in those jobs, you know, and and what's important and what's not, and man, you know, like I don't know if you did, but I felt like I majored in the minor way too much on that job, you know, and, uh, sure. 
I don't know if I'll ever be a good, I don't even know if I want to be, I'm just happy. I'm, I'm where I'm at right now, you yeah. know? And, uh, but man, I, I just, just, just the lessons you learn and the perspective that you get during those times, man, it's, it's, so yeah, we did go through that kind of together yeah. and it was good. That we got to kind of lean on, on each other. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely dig into that because I, that kind of stuff is so valuable for my listeners because I know a lot of times, you know, whenever you go to coaching school, a lot of times it is just, you know, the coaches winning state are the people you're listening to, but really it's, a lot of us aren't in those situations, especially right. when we take our first job. And so yeah. I just think that's why I really like that success Academy that they're doing. They're starting yeah, absolutely. to have more presentations geared towards how to like when you're struggling, but I yeah. really like that. But f- first of all, I just got to nerd out. My listeners know that I-, I nerd out about little things all the time because I'm interested in them. Richardson ISD is really interesting to me. It's only a four school district, you know, right. and that's relatively small when you think of the scope of Texas and, you know, mm-hmm. a major Metro area, but I'm looking at these years, coach. Richardson High School opens in 1890 is when they first kind of formed. I guess. Lake Uh Highlands opens in 64. Pierce opens in 67. Berkner opens in 69. Mm -hmm. And as far as I know, that's it, right? So, I mean, you had like a boom. I find that interesting, right? There was a boom in the 60s. And then I guess, did you just run out of space? So so TI, Texas Instruments, came in and made their headquarters in Richardson uh, during that time. Those were all planned developments. And so they... And then Lake Highlands um, High School is, it's part of Richardson ISD, but it's off in Dallas. It's kind of over by White Rock Lake. That's and right. so basically, I think why it, it, it's, it's, it's stayed like that, it's just they're landlocked areas. You right. know, you got Plano to the, to the north of you that grew like crazy. And then all that, you know, to the east, you know, like north, northeast, Wiley, Mesquite, all that, whatever. So those were like the, the areas of huge growth, you know, but Richardson was always kind of like this landlocked little town. Um, and I mean, they, they've been capped out like, you know, maybe the population's changed a little bit. It's gone up a little bit, but not a ton. You, okay. you know what I mean? Like it's always yeah. just kind of been about the same. Um, and, and, and that's why, but yeah, the big boom was, was with, with TI when they came in and set up headquarters there. And then when I was in the nineties, you know, we had that telecom corridor came, it was like Nortel and, you know, all those like early, early cell phone companies and things like that. And so that kind of gave Richardson a boom uh back then in, in in the early 90s and stuff and that the schools kind of grew then we kind of went from five a's to six a's type stuff and you know our four a's to five a's back then so yeah uh, and i find that so interesting that's why i love to ask these questions from locals because i mean really richardson kind of reminds me of spring branch isd if we're looking for a comp because okay so that, that's funny you say that so like i went to a&m yeah and um it very uh, yes it, very yeah. similar uh, so i went to a&m and basically you know, I had a lot of fraternity brothers that went to went to Stratford High School, and, and like we called Stratford the JJ Pierce of Houston, and they called JJ Pierce that. Of Strat. I mean, the demographics are the same: big yeah. Jewish population. Yeah, you yeah. know things like that. Like, um, it's all the same kids. You know, it's it's pretty funny. Yeah, and then so like they refer to Memorial is kind of how I refer to like Highland Park. Highland Park's its own sure, thing, sure. You know, but yep. yeah, I mean, it's, yep. it's I could see it's that. Pretty funny how it how it's like that, you know. And I, I just find interesting you talk. I like I love that TI story that that you referenced because like that there was an oil boom, of course, in Houston, you know, and the Houston mm-hmm. Oilers and all that kind of stuff. And obviously, it's a big part of the, the industry here. But that energy corridor and I ten West really blew up. But then in the crash. I find Spring Branch history interesting. They actually had to close some schools. Oh, there was wow. Like a, yeah. yeah, there was like a Westchester High School that either closed or like con- consolidated with Stratford. So mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just me being a, an old history nerd and, and, and a high school football nerd. So I find that interesting. But last question for you on this, Coach. When my buddy was playing or when I was in Austin College, from my memory, all the schools in RISD were 5A, which is now 6A, except for Pierce. Pierce was in 4A at that time. 
And I'm just wondering, Pierce. was it just that? Was that just a snapshot in time, or is Pierce always kind yeah. of? Yeah, yeah. That, that was about a, it was about a, maybe a two two classification run, you know, where, yeah. where Pierce dropped down to four A when Coach Ray's came in. That's when I That's first right. started coaching yep. there, and he had a lot of success. Man, he was very it was very fortunate for him to drop down to four A. Then still played tough. Team. I mean, we were still in district of Highland Park and stuff, um, but but you know, you weren't playing. Plano, Plano East, you know, then this is before Allen was even big, you know, Allen was probably on its way up. You know, like when I was in high school, Allen was a little three, a town, you know, right. the, the big, right. big schools were Plano and Plano East. And uh, man, they were both really, really good. And um, so, yeah, they dipped down there in probably the early two thousands Pierce did. And uh, yeah, probably stayed there for like four years. And then, and then they kind of made their way back up. I okay. think, I think uh, Richardson ISD also kind of did some some restructuring of the lines too to kind of you know uh, equate out the the numbers and so I think Richardson and Pierce kind of share some of the kids that they probably didn't during that time you know and okay. uh, yeah so I think that's how the numbers kind of evened out a little bit yeah and I mean I one more Metroplex question just because I find it interesting and it, you brought up Allen uh, my my interview of Chase Fickison you know your 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 guy there yeah. uh, Coach oh, yeah. Fick you know it's kind of funny we we're laughing about it because people see on his resume, Lake Travis and instantly like mm-hmm. their eyes light up and man, you, you went to Lake Travis. How many rings you got? And he's like, yeah. you know, the three years I was there, we, we won three games on varsity. <laughs> you know? yeah. It was like, it was small and then got bigger and got successful. Yeah. But yeah. Like he was there when Dykus came in and turned it all around. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Right. So he was like the first. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It was before, it was before all the fun. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we also at Austin college, you know, because we're up just up the road in Sherman, just 60 miles mm-hmm. North, we had so many guys, from your Plano's and your Richardson's and, and things like that. And so I just always thought Plano and Richardson was interesting to me because it seemed like that was a real natural rivalry, right? They, they've only got three schools. You've only got three and five a, and you're right yeah. next to each other. So outside of your, outside of your rivals within your district was, was Plano. I imagine you're, you're, well, every, everybody wanted to beat Plano. Like that, that was the, you know, Plano is kind of, but Plano was, you know, like, and I guess there was no Plano West at the time. There was no Plano okay. West at the time that came out. Like, they came a little bit after I grad, not long, but a little bit after I graduated high school, but it was just Plano, Plano East. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, Plano was the big, bad. I mean, they were, you know, yeah. they were a state power, you Absolutely. know, for a long time. And, and I remember, uh, Lake Highlands was, was our, Richardson was really good back in, back in the early nineties, but Lake right. Highlands was always the best. You know, they always just kind of reload. Who was that. your rival though, uh, within your, oh, Richardson. I know. R- Pearson Richardson are Pearson less Richardson than a mile. Is the yeah, okay. they're less than a mile away from each other. And, uh, yeah, but I mean, like, like the junior high, I went to split between Pearson Richardson. And so they were all my buddies, but, but, you know, it was your rivalry, uh type deal but yeah lake highlands we always wanted lake highlands to beat plano because yeah. you know that was kind of our richardson shot to yeah yeah to, to take down plano yeah and coach i remember you know it, it, in those days i mean it, it, dallas is famous right with allen and the size what is it five six thousand kids you know and mm-hmm. planos are kind of known for that too and i remember back in the day people would always talk about how big the plano schools were how big the a leaf schools were in houston mm-hmm. was that something for you guys I mean, was that kind of like a? Uh, I'm just interested in like, did did well, at the time did you talk about like, man, this isn't really fair that they have so many more students than we do? Or I'm I mean, curious, did that ever come into play? In high school, I don't even remember like thinking about that. I don't, I don't Pro- remember, you know. I remember as a like, player, you probably I remember, didn't even like, notice. Dad yeah. used yeah. to complain about that, but right. we were just like, whatever. I mean, we got to play. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. we didn't even really talk about it. I just remember them like when you played Plano, 
and they had a tight, you'd play like three tight ends. You wouldn't play just one the whole game. They just roll them dudes in, you know, yeah. and they were all huge. And you were just like, well, shit, you know, like, I guess, I guess, sorry, I just cussed. But you're like, well, shoot, man. No, you're fine. You know, like, it's just the way it's going to be. You know, they're going to have the first guy's going to be D1. The second guy's probably should be D1, but, you know, he's a little bit undersized. I mean, it's just, yeah. I just remember them being deep and being just tough and, and just good teams, you know. Perfect segue, coach, for guys that could have been D1 but were undersized. Let's talk about college. So you you had interest from Harden, Simmons, and Austin College, and that's where a lot of these players go, you know, that, that are just a, a, a step slow or a, foot, a couple inches mm-hmm. short. Uh, those are the ones you consider most. But you end up going into AM and you just, you know, focus on your studies there. But just talk about the um, – I'm just curious because I, I went to Austin College. So I'm an Austin yeah. College alum. So I'm curious – what was uh what, what what was your thought process when those two schools were courting you? So I actually like went and visited both of those when they had their their visiting thing. Austin College, um, and I was really impressed with it. And it was my parents were really interested in it because it's a high academic school, right. you know. And uh, so my parents, I don't want to say they pushed me over there, but they but they encouraged me to go check it out. Um, they thought I would do well at a smaller school, you know. Um, Austin College, they saw me as a center, and I like I never played freaking right. O line. I was kind of a bigger fullback, linebacker yeah. type game. I probably played at 220, 230. Yeah. Uh, but they you know, like the whole I remember getting there and they asked me to stand up and I told them I was a linebacker. And their coach kind of pulled me aside and he's like, Well, hey, what, what would you think about playing O line here? You know, whatever. And typical, I was just like, No, you know, like no thing, you know, like yeah. I was just like, man, like I don't. I don't want to go to small college and play a line, you know, like anyway, yeah. that was, kind of, I remember thinking that then it's probably stupid now. And then I remember going out to Howard Payne and I just yep. remember, uh, this is going to sound really, I'm not Howard Payne, Harden Simmons. My, yeah. my nephew plays at Howard Payne. So if I, if I mix it up, it's, that's why, if I have a slip, that's why. But, uh, but uh, I remember going out to Harden Simmons and, you know, it's, it's Abilene and uh, you know, we're on our recruiting visit or whatever, I guess you call it a recruiting visit. And, Met some really cool guys from Woodrow Wilson, and one of them ended up actually being my fraternity brothers at AM. But anyway, we, we, and like, I'm like, so are we like going out tonight? Are we going to a bar or anything? Like, what are we, you know? And they're like, oh no, we're just going to go to this dinner and then you're going to go back to the dorms. I was like, man, nah, dude. Like, so we got some of the older football guys to like take us out, you know, yeah. and they were talking about how like chapel this and curfew this and, right, and I was like, right. dude, I'm going to college. I'm not, you know, I was just yeah. like, no, no, yeah. thank you. know, which would have been way better for me to go to Harden Simmons and, <laughs> uh, you know, and actually have some parameters and rules. But at 18, I just did, I didn't want that, you know, and, sure. and I, I thought I knew what was best. And uh, so anyways, that was kind of a, I was just kind of like, you know what, if I got to do all this for maybe I'll just go to AM and have fun and, you know, concentrate on school a little bit and, and, uh, and so anyway, it was a great decision, you know, obviously met my wife there and it, it was good. I do wish I would have played football a little bit longer. And that was an opportunity to do that, especially because I, I didn't think I was going to go into coaching. Um, but now going into coaching, obviously wish I would have played football a little bit longer, you know, and had that experience. But well, man, you definitely to me, coach, you seem like a guy that could have fit it. You would have fit it in Austin College, man. You, you got this, that personality, man. But it's funny for me. I also played a 225, 230, but I was an offensive lineman in high school. So I was kind of the opposite of you. I was like, yeah. I was this lineman that thought like, hey, man, just put me a tight end. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're sure. going from the other way. Like you're you, you're in that position as a linebacker, and fullback. No, there's no going back. Right. It's hard. It's yeah. a hard sell to ask a fullback yeah. linebacker to play a line. So, yeah, I hear you on that I, one. man. I, at 18 years old, I didn't want to hear it, man. <laughs> you know, and so, and so when when I get all those linemen now, you know, I'm an O-line coach, but an O-line coach for just. Yep year 24 coming up and 
Every and you know that we all, we all see kids. ourselves as a big skill, right? Like we just think that yeah. we're, we still we can go out and catch passes. And but run but I mean, every every year you'll get that kid that like he's all of a sudden like he, he comes back and he's lost 25 pounds. He's like, well, coach, this year I want to go to tight end. And you're like, whoa, buddy, you know, like, come on, you know, anyway. But, but now, but I, I get where he's coming from. I remember it, man. I, yeah, I remember that decision. And coach, you know, you actually kind of prefaced it a little bit. You said when you got to AM that you, you didn't know you want to coach. So I'm just curious. Well, I asked this question on every single episode. About 60% of my guests who are, you know, head coaches, winning awards, you know, some of the best coaches in the, in the country, because I've, I've done several states, about 60% of them entered college not thinking they were going to coach. So you're in the mm -hmm. majority with that. And that, that mm -hmm. I find that really interesting. And it just shows it's never too late. And there's all kinds of talented people out there. And so if you, if you have that itch to coach, scratch it, go for it. I, I definitely believe absolutely. that. You, absolutely. absolutely. But I'm just curious for you, coach, what was it you were, what was it you thought you were going to do when you entered uh, A&M? Man, I just thought I was going to be in business. I was an accounting. My dad's a CPA. I was an accounting major at first. Um, and that was way too hard. So I, I scrapped that and, and, and got into to business management, you know, and, uh, you know, came out of there and I was like a sales support guy for world for for airborne express it was a subsidiary of Air, airborne express the overnight shipping company and basically all i did was cost analysis stuff on spreadsheets it sucked yeah um i was just like i sit behind a computer and i give information to a sales team they go do a sales pitch which i think i could do a better job pitching the sales than they do but yeah. I, all i have to do is crunch the numbers you know and i just yeah. it's not me and i like to be around people and so i did that for less than less than a year i mean um and, and, you know, I was just like, you know what, I can't do this for the rest of my life. I can't sit in a cubicle. I can't, you know, walk in and I was just like, man, I gotta be outside. I gotta do something, you know? And so I just, you know, guys like coach Dykes, you know, all our coaches, coach Nick's, when he came in, he hired a bunch of young coaches that, that could relate to us. They were fun, uh, man. They were always out having fun. You know, they had young families or they were single. They all drove new trucks. They were always yeah, going to stars yeah. games or, you know, whatever. And like, I was just like, man, that would be a fun life, you know? Yeah, like, so yeah. I, I, I kind of started hitting those guys up, um, you know, and they, they'd advanced in their coaching careers. Um, guys that come to my, uh, Randy Patskowski, he was, he was the OC at, at McKinney when, when I started doing it. So I called him up. He's been a head coach, you know, several places, um, and then a lot of my, a lot of the older coaches that were at my school had become principals, mm -hmm. you know? And so I started hitting them up and like, as soon as I did, they were all like, David, you would, you need to be a coach. Like, yes, yes. Yeah. You know, like whatever, like it would be so, and so like when, when those guys that I really look up to were saying that to me, I was like, you know what, I, th I think this would be awesome, you know? And so, uh, yeah kind of crazy I, I i quit my job and i was just going to start subbing while i worked on the alternative certification yeah and uh actually rich cody's mom yeah was the was the secretary at pierce uh high school at the time and uh she was like well, let's let's just walk you down to coach ray's you know let's walk you know whatever so she gets me a long-term sub job at pierce puts me in there they have a teacher on leave for, for she's she's pregnant and she goes on leave and then uh I mean, she walks me down to Coach Ray's. She's like, this is David Wilkinson. Him and my son are friends. You need to hire him, you know, whatever. And so the next year, so I finished that out. Coach Ray's let me spot the ball at spring ball, you know, and do all that crap that year. And then the next year they had a they had a junior high opening and he hired me. And, you know, I was with him for five years and kind of went through their system and then moved on with our, with our running backs coach who became OC and gave me a great start to a career, you know. And it was all just those ties back from Pierce.
And I, I keep stats on that too, coach. And only 22% of my guests have done what you did and been able to coach at their alma mater. So most of us coaches don't get to do that in our careers. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, obviously you seem like you really enjoyed it, but like, was it everything you expected? It, it seems well, like- Well, I did. Really- I, so I enjoyed it, but like, I was like 22, 23 years right. old when I yeah. did it. And yeah. so there's all my old teachers and stuff. So I right. don't think they looked at me as like a teacher. I think they were like, right. oh, there's David, you know, whatever, like <laughs> he's an idiot, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I think it was good to get in, but I do think me having to move out um, was a good thing. You, right. you know what I mean? I had to spread my wings a little bit. Um, so that was good. I want to tell you a funny story. Sure, when, yeah. when I went from Richardson to North Garland. I get hired at North Garland. David Ferris is our head coach. And Homer Johnson um, is, is the athletic director. And he, is, he had been the athletic director there so this is this would have been 2004, 2005, 2005. He had been the athletic director or head coach at Garland since World War II. He came from home from World War II, became yeah. the head coach, athletic director, and was still there, all right, active, actively in his job. So the, the whole thing, when you got hired on, you had to go meet Homer Johnson, all right? So head coach takes me <laughs> over there, and we go back to Homer's office, you know, and and I mean, it's like being in the time warp, man, you know, it's like wood panel walls. And I mean, it's like, yeah. it's like the early eighties, you know, right, like, right, right, right. He's sitting at his desk and, you know, he's just kind of kicked back and he's got his state ring on, you know, and he's kind of, you know, just messing around. He asked me a few questions and whatever. And he says, well, David, did you grow up in Garland? And I said, no, sir. I grew up in Richardson. He goes, Richardson. Well, we'll toughen you up. That's okay. You know, like so <laughs> it, was, it was pretty funny, man. I was just like, dude, this guy's awesome. Yeah, like, I'm That's a, a I'm good one. Like I like that. It was good. And, and I had a, got a good five-year run in, in Garland. It was great. It was a good place. Yeah, and in Garland, that's just kind of more on the east side of the Metroplex, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, blue collar, you yep. know, like. And Garland you know, Owls won state somewhere in that area, right? So they were tough back then. Yeah. Man. They, yeah, they were tough. And they, gosh, we played them really, really tough. Uh, one year we we played them to triple overtime one year and they went on maybe semifinals that year yeah uh, we played them to triple overtime and hey in triple overtime against Garland House we put 19 total dudes on the field we only had like 34 in our varsity football we put 19 yeah. total dudes on the field offense defense special teams and played that team to triple overtime that was like these are the toughest bunch of kids like yeah. You know, like, and we had some great players too, but man, I just remember how tough those kids were and how I wanted them to win that game so bad and how proud I was of them, you know? And again, I'll give them a nerd out for just a moment, but I find Garland kind of interesting. You got, you got Garland high, North, South, Rowlett, name and forest. Right. So again, it's like a. Now, and now Saxy. Saxy's Garland. Rowlett, did you say Rowlett? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, what is it? Eight, Lakeview Centennial. Oh, so that one has grown quite a bit then. Okay, so I, yeah. I wasn't aware of all that growth. But again, it just seems like outside of Frisco, who is artificially like they want all of their schools to be 5A, so they're, yeah. they're they're purposely capping it. Yeah. Does it kind of seem like Dallas has been able to somehow avoid the double-digit, you know, just like a Sci-Fair, Fort Bend, Katie, that are all double digits now. I it just doesn't feel that way in Dallas. So, seems like there's less so those school. are all like fringe cities of Houston. And there's I see just so saying. much land there, you know, totally, that like yeah. they have to keep doing it. I mean, and, and, and then greater Houston is just so huge. Like, gotcha. like you know, you always have that Dallas-Fort Worth, uh, Dallas-Houston debate. But like, so I, I equate it to Dallas-Fort Worth, the Metroplex, is almost the size of greater Houston. 
You, you know, like, yeah. but you have to take all of it. Dallas, Fort right. Worth, you know, like whatever. Like people don't realize how freaking big Houston is until you get, to, you know what I mean? It's it's just humongous. Um, and so you get those areas like Katy and, and, and Cyprus and all that, and they're on the outside of it. Yeah. You know, and they have all that land. I mean, of course, they're just going to get huge and just bigger and bigger and yeah. bigger, you know. Yeah, and so North, at, at North Garland, I, I guess Garland was your rival? Uh, they were ours. I don't know if we were theirs. But, yeah, I mean, we, we always wanted to beat them. Yeah, them and Rowlett. Rowlett. We, okay. we, we played Rowlett. They were always good. But we played them tough, you know. In the five years I was there, we were we were two and three against them. And it was always a good game. And, you know, um and was that so, right that Garland did win state one of those years, maybe in the late nineties? They wanted, they wanted, man, I want to say like two thousand, maybe. I think so. I think it was very early two thousand. Oh, yeah. 2000, and so, and then that staff, they hired that Garland staff to go to go to Allen. You know, that's that's Joe Martin, Joe Martin, who's yeah. the, you know, uh, yeah. THSCA, and yep. yeah, like so, it was his staff, and then Coach Westerberg, Tom Westerberg. Yeah. Um, you know, he was always Joe Martin's OC and then he took over for Allen. And then obviously they became the Allen that everybody knows now. And yeah, uh, Tom coach Westerberg was, was the head coach then. So yeah, it's all, it all like runs together and ties together. And and I do think it was the 2001 season. Cause I believe it was my senior year that Garland ended okay. up winning. Yeah. That one, yeah. But, they were, but, they were, they had really, really good teams, man, for a long time. And then after North Garland, you listed Sweeney. So for the first time, you come down here to Houston. And so what? That's a big departure for a kid growing up in in, in Richardson. I mean, what what brought you down to, to Sweeney? So I want to be an OC really bad. Um, I'd, I'd been coaching for like eight years now, um, you know, including the junior highs and the freshman gigs and been in varsity for four, five years, I think. At that point, I wanted to be an OC. Um, that last year at Garland, we uh, North Garland, sorry, we made the playoffs for the first time in like 28 years, you know, and uh, we had a good team, made a pretty good run. And uh, we were, we were tough and, and we had a really, really good O-line. We only had five O-linemen, but they all stayed healthy the whole year. And so, so I was the co-OC, like a run game coordinator, but I didn't call the plays. Uh, my good friend did. And, and, you know, I was, I was the O-line coach. And so I, I applied for three OC jobs that year. Um, one of them was actually Tyler, John Tyler, they I didn't have enough experience for them, yeah. you know. Um, and then and then I applied over at Carrollton Ranch View High School. Um, they chose another guy. And then um, and then I went to uh, so my my good friend Brett Sawyer, who is our DC now yep. at Bernie. Um, he got his first head coaching job at Sweeney. And um, so I, I knew Brett growing up, you know, we played basketball and baseball against each other since like fifth grade and stuff. Cause he was a Lake Highlands guy. Um, and then we started a little seven on seven league when, when at, at Pierce and I'm sorry, when I was at North Garland and, and he was at Berkner and then Pierce was involved in it. And then like, it, it got so good that like Highland Park joined it. And so we had yeah, this cool yeah. little seven on seven league that Brett and I kind of ran Bobby, Bobby Ray's kind of started it. But after he left, we kind of took it over. Um, and so Brett and I got to know each other through that, like as a coach, you know, as, as, as coaches. And so when he got the Sweeney job, Brett was a defensive guy. He asked me to be his OC and, man, we, we, we moved from, from Dallas, you know, from Richardson because we were living in Richardson to Sweeney, never even heard of it, you know, just right. walked, walked in, knew they had a tradition of winning. And man, the first time I saw those kids walk through the door, I was like, yes, we are because we had some dudes, you know, and I, I say now, if, if I if I could go back anywhere 
and, and coach knowing what I know now, you know, I'd go to Sweeney. I think, you know, we, we, Wimberley beat us twice in the third round of the playoffs and they won state, they went to state and won state. Um, so we were obviously very good, but man, I, I just, I just wish I could, I could go back there knowing what I know now with, with those athletes and those kids. And, uh, Maybe it would have been different. Maybe not. Maybe, but maybe not, you know. So um, I do want to yeah. dig into so that's that. How, that's how we got to Sweeney. I want to ask you about that, Coach, because recent, one of my recent guests, or actually, you know, a couple episodes ago, but anyhow, she's the head girl soccer coach, and her name's Sam Rakowitz, and she is a lifetime Sweeney Bulldog. Like, she went there K through 12, and now she's the, the head girl soccer coach. And Kirkendall is her maiden name. I don't know. If yeah, yeah. I, I remember. And her parents were were involved in the booster club. She played volleyball. She played everything. She all of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I remember her. Yep. Yes, absolutely. And and I, coach talking to her, it made I, I never really knew too much about Sweeney, but the way that she describes it, I mean, she bleeds blue. Oh, dude. Oh, man. Heck Loves yeah. it. And, and they, now you're saying Sweeney the same loves thing. Sweeney. They, they do. Like, and yeah. and we were outsiders, man. We were like the Dallas, like they, they, they nicknamed us the Dallas boys, you know, like we came in there and yeah. I don't know if we were ever fully accepted there, you, you know? I, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's over an hour South of Houston. So, I mean, it, it yeah. is well outside. So did you like live in Sweeney or did you live in Angleton? Oh, man, I, lived, I lived, I lived, I lived across the street from the school. Yeah. Love like, it. it was, I love it. it. Yeah. It, I mean, it was, like Coach Sawyer, we lost a game. We lost a game to Needville one year that we shouldn't have lost. And uh, man, for sale signs in the yard. I mean, like it, just it, like it Friday, crazy. just like the movies and the TV yeah, show. Yeah, just wow. like just like the movies, man. You know, wow. and then uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was it was a you know it was it was our it was my first OC job. It was Sawyer's first head coaching job. Yeah. So it was yeah. it was a uh, man. We were learning on the fly for sure. You know, and that town was just used to winning so much and didn't have a whole lot of room for air and you know they they were they were pretty hard on us they were well, pretty a lot hard. of the community works in the plant right so i'm assuming you kind of oh, have yeah. like a tough it's a plant. plant yeah there's that old ocean plant right there they all work there so i mean the, the families are good hard-working blue-collar families but 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 uh economically you know they're all very well to do you know sure and, sure, uh, sure sure yeah and so uh Man, they yeah they do they love swing man they they love their football they love baseball they they just love they love everything about that school you know everybody that man that's from Sweeney loves Sweeney you know yeah. so it, it, it was it was a fun place to coach man I still talk to all those kids all the time and uh man I talked before a little small town we had athletes god we had athletes they were they were good good kids we've talked about how you know I, I had some success in purple and you're, the purple's growing on you but I'm telling you man for my money the best ever color scheme is when you match navy and columbia blue just like those I loved it. We, we, had, we had these navy sharp. pants we had yep. these navy pants with the columbia blue stripe yep and then yep. we had columbia blue jerseys and then we had columbia blue helmets and man i, I just i thought it, was, it looked so sharp it, it was it was I'm really with cool. you i'm with you man now you kind of have a penchant for finding these these areas with like tough kids maybe some kids from the plant and families from the plant because you go right to texas city which i'm sure it's different in some ways but in that that basic dna of tough kids proud community you had it again <laughs> with the texas city stingery so that's exactly. what man galveston county is something different brother you know i've coached texas city and dickinson and galveston county man they and it's all athletics but but football man they start those kids young man they're they're you know, i mean you know like the friday night tight stuff where like kids are just mauling each other when they're in second grade that's like <laughs> every that show, kid yeah. in texas city like they're just all tough as hell yep. you know and they got that grit to them and uh you know you know Every once in a while, it's a, it's a whole different way of coaching. It's a whole different way of coaching. And, and 
but God, man, those athletes we had there, you know, I mean, you, you saw them firsthand. They, they yep. just, they were unbelievable. I'd never seen anything like that. They were unbelievable there. And, uh, tell you what, you just, they make, they made you look like a good, good coach. You know, th those kids at Texas city, they bought into us coach, coach Servet came in and, and he, he, you know, he had coached for Alan Waddell for a long time. So he knew, you know, he won all those yeah. state championships at Lamarck. And so yeah. he knew that balance of discipline, but letting kids be kids. And so serve came in and, and they, they really ate it up and it was just kind of like the perfect storm. And man, and that's another place, you know, like, Man, I just I felt like we really could have won a state championship or, or played a Lido in a state championship. Yeah. I don't know if we would have beat him, but you know we let we let a game slip away against Brenham, and right. uh, man, that that one was tough to swallow for a long time. Um, you know, I just feel like we kind of let the kids down. You know, if, if we'd have been a little bit better coaches, a little bit more seasoned, a little bit, you know, that that we we, we could have got him there, could have got it done. But man, that team you want to talk about swag? That team had swag like I have never seen. They 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 thought they were great. They played great. They had the the twins, uh, Deontay Foreman and, and Armani yep. Foreman, that yep. were just so special. And there was other great players on that team, but those two were just so special. And just the aura of them being twins and all that stuff. And man, that team that team was loaded. You know, it's just it's just man. That's that's one that's one where you, that, that was a state championship talented talent level team that we just, we didn't get it done. You know, we didn't get it done. And it's, it, it's tough to do. It's tough. It's tough for everything to fall into place, uh, you know, for, for 18 weeks, you know, 16 games. And, you know, just one week we, we didn't play our best and Brendan played really, really well. And uh, then you're, you're sitting at home questioning yourself for, for a while, you know, man, coach, you know, I, I've, I've always felt like you and I are kind of like kindred spirits, man, or, or you know, we're, we're real similar, man. And what you just described is exactly the same personality that I had with coaching, man. And I know that we're not fully defined by what happens on the scoreboard. And, you know, you and I went on to struggle in our head coaching careers. And we'll talk about that yeah. in a second. But we, I was always filled with regret that same way. I have mm -hmm. similar stories, man. Uh, some of the, my Ridgepoint guys will laugh at some of these sure. stories where I, I beat myself up for an entire calendar year for losing to Stratford the way that we did. And the yeah. story behind that was, you know, you're talking about, you talked about ISO earlier and that is a tough play to fit up, man. Believe it. There's a couple of mm -hmm. different ways you can do it. You know how you want to get the safeties involved and which shoulder you want to take and all those kind of little things right. that we don't, we don't get too much in the X's of those in this podcast, but I basically had taught my kids to play it a certain way. And in that game, they did it exactly the way they were coached. Mm -hmm. And that is what hurt me more because I felt like I let them straight off a cliff because it wasn't the right way to play it. Yeah, but looking and in, in the game, I guess I just wasn't trained enough. I just like you said, I felt like I was too young, too inexperienced. I couldn't see what was happening in time to make the proper adjustment. Absolutely. And again, the part that hurt me was it wasn't the kids freelancing or that. That's not what, because right. they listened to me yeah. so faithfully because yeah. oh. that's the way they were. That's that well, was and, and, you know you talk about like making adjustments and, and yeah. You know, you got all these young gurus and whatever, and when it's working, it's working. But it, but until you've been through it and 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 you've seen it, you don't know how to make adjustments. You know what I mean? Like right, there, there's right. no football simulator. You know, you can't play Xbox or whatever the hell they play now, PS5, and and simulate what's happening. Like you've got to make those real time adjustments and those real time things. And the only way you know how to do it is, hey, I remember back in '06, this team did this to us, and oh yeah, here here should have been my answer. Now that now that I watched the film after. This should have been my answer, you know, and so you, you're always kind of prepared for that now, you know, but but then 
you, you know, you don't know what you don't know. You, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and, and it's just, that, that's how it is. So yeah, I, I, I just, you know, I, I, there's so many teams where I kind of feel like, man, you know, it's just, it was a couple years too early, you know, as, as their yep. coach, you know, <laughs> coach, man, I totally agree, man. And again, like we, we don't go too much X's and O's wise, but just as a, on a high level, you know, my brother's a defensive coordinator in Oklahoma and I have all my buddies and stuff. And at Ridgepoint, we also did this. We really spent a lot of time, what you talked about, like the uh, making the adjustment, especially after that one year, mm -hmm. th that was the year prior against Stratford. And so coming into that next season, I wanted to pride myself on being able to adjust faster. Mm -hmm. So we actually began to plan for that. Just like you said, we planned with like, how is Texas city going to hurt us? How are they going to hurt yeah. us the first way? How else yeah. are they going to hurt? And like, we had, we had our answers ready to go. Right. And so that, that's something you learn of experience. And just like you, our, our playoff run the following year after we played, you ended against Temple on a last second field goal. And yeah. again, I blame myself. And yeah. it was part of things we're watching pregame warm up. The kicker is struggling badly in pregame warm up. So we kind of felt like, hey, we just can't get beat deep. We're not in threat of being beaten by a field goal. Yeah. So we played off. They hit some hitches nail a field goal to send us home after a perfect yep. season so but you know how it is coach we we can all dwell on that but uh luckily for you you're still going you got a great team but let, let's talk let's let's do part two of our oral history here of the texas city ridgepoint <laughs> game okay. Okay, the, yeah. the funniest thing coach and i i know you'll agree i know chase Pixon agrees well i just looked it up on max preps to double check that was a 28 to nothing game but right but that it, game but didn't it, feel think, like 28 to zero nothing. zero at half <laughs> right you know was it, it was zero zero it was or zero seven. zero at halftime yeah yeah and and just to give the fans a little bit of a, a a lead up to this when we when we found out we're matched up with texas city it really almost felt like the movies like in remember the titans or friday night lights where you're like watching the film of texas city's offense and it's like every week it felt like you guys were dropping 50 60 mm -hmm. sometimes yeah. even maybe close to the 70 mark yeah and i don't think anybody even even i think you played a close game against friendswood it wasn't on account of the offense. I mean, it was a shootout kind of game. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, we, we were kind of an upstart bunch. I talked about this on the episode of chase the year before when the core of our team were sophomores, we took some lumps, but we started getting better and we knew, Hey, we got a, mm -hmm. we got a good sophomore group here. Now yeah. they're juniors. And we kind of felt like we're playing of house money and we had a good, tough group of kids. We weren't intimidated. We weren't really, you know, we, we studied the film. We definitely respected the heck out of it. Um, but we, we felt okay coming into it. Now yeah. the game day comes. It is one of the worst weather games I've ever I've ever coached. Oh, I was cold. It was so cold. Yeah, freezing cold. No, yeah, yeah the and rain the going sideways. And, yeah, it was it was awful. <laughs> yep, Abshire Stadium, Deer Park, yep. and Coach. Yep. You talk about good uniforms. You guys had the all black, black mm -hmm. everything, black everything, and the all black everything. And when you and I tell this story to Chase, whenever you guys came out like to take to, to come out for your warm up, like you're in the back of the end zone getting ready, and then. Your coach says some kind of signal. It felt like the movie 300 or Braveheart. Like your guys yeah. just let out this primal roar. And <laughs> I turned around. I was kind of like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. At that yeah. moment, I was like, a lot of teams would fold right now. Mm -hmm. And I looked at my guys. I looked at our sideline. They were not afraid. Yeah. Oh, that no, was the way that afraid. they were. And, and I said, hey, we're not going to lose just on the account of them running out here. Like these guys are ready to play. Yeah. And as you know, the game went on, uh, you know, Chase and I talked about this defensively. I was defensive coordinator Ridgepoint. I felt like we we're kind of getting our ass kicked a little bit, but we'd always find a way 
to mm-hmm. get a stop. Like you, you would just move it, move it, move it. Then we find a way to force a punt or find a way yeah. to get maybe a, t- a takeaway here and there. And it, it was just kind of like a prize fighter, just finding a way to make it to the end of the round and get back to a stool. Mm-hmm. But we kept doing it. And that was actually part of, you know, I shared this with Chase, like part of our thing was guys, let's just win this a half a quarter at a time. And so we, every yeah. time we come up, we would just try to, we got one stop. Hey, we made it to the six minute mark. Hey, we made it to the first quarter. We made it to the halfway mark of quarter number two. And like, we, that's how we did it. We were just going through checkpoints of trying yeah. to keep you guys off the board, but that's kind of my memories of it, man. Uh, as far as the scheme of it, we felt like you were the best offensive line we'd ever seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we felt like we played Stratford that year mm-hmm. and Stratford was good. And that's kind of what gave us confidence is playing Stratford. Even though we lost, we played them tough. We kind of felt like, okay, this is, this is a, and in my opinion, a better version of Stratford on the O line and the offense and stuff. But Stratford's really good. We hung in there. It's like we have a chance to hang in with these guys, and we didn't feel like we could match up strength on strength with your O line. So mm-hmm. what we did was a lot of slanting, which yeah. we didn't normally do all season. We normally played base all season. Well, if I remember correctly, this is a long time ago, but your safeties were real involved too, which I thought was kind of risky because Armani could get over the top, you know, and, and people would always keep their safeties back. And I remember your safeties were fitting in on the run real well. You were slanting, your, your fits were good. And then your safeties were always kind of there cleaning up. I remember one time I thought we were going to bust one uh, and your safety was right there and had us for like a freaking three yard gain, you know? And I was yeah. just like, shit, man, these guys are fat. You know, like I just yeah. remember y'all, y'all seemed really, really fast as a team defense. Yeah. Um, and, and you played the run extremely well in the first half. I think we missed two deep balls. In the yeah. first half, we tried to go over the top and we yeah. missed them. You know, it was cold. It was whatever. It helped us. The conditions helped us for sure for, yeah. with our game plan. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, I just, I just remember like, shoot, you know, we, we've got to – I just remember trying to think. We, we have to move their safeties so they right. can't just key on us. And so we started doing some motion stuff in the second half and kind of running, doing some things that we – running we had to run weak more you i tell you what you did you overlay you, you took away our strong side running we had a really good tight end he yeah. could block down and just bury people and then we'd run we'd run you know b to c gap off him a lot and pull guards up through there and y'all did a good job of blowing all that up and like bouncing it and then your safeties would come make plays so we had to we had to start running back weak a little bit running counter and iso back weak and then we, second half we started having success with that and then i think like deontay broke a couple and yeah you know, you know, it yeah, kind of yeah. kind of opened up a little bit with that when you know, I mean, like you had dudes there, but you know, when two hundred forty pounds is stiff arming you, and then he runs his twenty one three two hundred, you know, like whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's just I think it kind of opened up that way. We kind of just out athleted you, you know. Well, every defensive coordinator knows, like your the thing I hate about preparing for you guys, of course, the physicality, but just like the formations. You could do, you yeah. know, and you yeah. have a fullback and a tight end. Sometimes I, I feel like there was more than one tight end, or at least you do tackle over. All if I remember, again, it's been many years, but we did, we did, a, we did a lot of tackle over. We did a lot yep. of unbounce. We would, yep, yeah. You know, we, we were pro I team, but we do a lot of like X over to try to get you to yep. kick everything over. And then yeah, we yeah we did. We we were a big formation team, and a lot of that was Chase. I mean, Chase was a big formation guy. Yeah, you know, we ran. We ran G, G lead to the strong side. We ran counter and ISO to the weak side. We, of course, we tossed the ball back then like crazy. And then we ran play auction off of it. And that was about it. You know, we figured if if we could do that well, we were going to be tough to stop. And, uh, you know, it's just I, when we did lose, we kind of got outscored to Brenham, you know, as well. I mean, I never felt like we weren't productive, but right. we were basic. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. We, we, were, we were very basic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, and I mean, our game plan, like you said, it was to get to, we were going to sell out to stop the run. <laughs> it was one of those things mm-hmm. where, like, hey, they're going to have to beat us throwing it. The weather helped us. Also, uh, you know, we talk about all the, you're trying to manipulate the safeties. A tenet of our defense was we wouldn't move more than two yards off the hash, irregardless of any kind of formation. Yeah, very, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we weren't a type of team that would, like, really rotate our safeties. We liked yeah. kind of keeping them in the middle of the field as best yeah. we could. Uh, so that helped us, too, just for that matchup. But but man, you know, one thing that I really remember that I was so impressed with you guys all season, we made, and I told Chase this, I mean, we made so much money on our shift. We would do like a shift and we got teams to jump off sides all mm-hmm. year or really confuse their blocking scheme. Mm-hmm. Not once with y'all. Not well, once. And that's, be, that's because we had to be, we yeah. in district, we had uh, Dawson. They were a huge shift team. Did they? Okay. Uh, and okay. then Friendswood, makes- Friendswood was as well. And so we would have like shift periods, you know, where we would just be like, that's all we do. And then we would also like, I, mean, I remember I uh, that's good coaching. Had a kid. He was, he was a big old tough D lineman. Yeah. And if you moved, he would run smooth through your ass, you know, and we, yeah. we just knew our kids were going to get up and try to fight him, you know? So yeah. like we did it to him that, you know, like we, we would hit our kids and like teach them not to fight, you know, teach them to get up yeah. and turn to yeah. the ref, you know, and whatever. And, yeah, so like it, it wasn't by chance. We had to work on it because we saw it against the really good teams in our district. That's really I've always wondered that, and I kind of asked him the same thing. He also echoed that you worked on it because that that struck me. That struck yeah. me that we never and not only did we not get you to jump, we also didn't. In my opinion, we didn't disrupt what you were doing as yeah. far as confusion. I mean, just, your O line was extremely well coached, cohesive yeah. unit. But here's the question I have for you, man. So obviously the underdogs, we we make it into halftime zero zero, and so. Uh, for coaches listening, you know, I'm, I'm curious on when you're a favorite in a game and you're tied at zero going into halftime, as far mm-hmm. as our morale going into the locker room, we were excited, but also fatigued. You know, yeah. it was a kind of a quiet locker room just because we were just trying to recover, I would say. Yeah. But it was it was optimistic, right? Because we made it. I'm always curious and from your perspective and coaches, again, when you're coaching a team that, that that is probably favored to win and it didn't go your way the first half, I'm curious, what was your locker room like, man? How did your guys respond? And, and what was the message from the coaches in that locker room? Well, they, they were very quiet. They, they were very quiet. I remember pulling – pulling our, our quarterback who was very good. His name is Andrew Allen. He played at Lamar. Yeah. Uh, he started at New Mexico state and he finished up at Lamar. I remember pulling him and, and Deontay and Armani aside. And I was like, look guys, I, I just need y'all to keep believing. Like we are the better team, yeah. you know, yeah. that they, they've done some things. We've missed some things here. Uh, just keep playing ball. And I was like, they can't keep up with you three, you know, eventually it's got, it's going to work. It's going to pop. So if you have confidence, the rest of the team's going to have confidence. I just need you to keep believing. And they were all like, yeah, coach, I got you. Like, we're good. You know, like, I mean, yeah. they were. And so um, that, that was about the extent of that. And then, and then, and then as soon as I talked to them, I went over to our offensive staff. I was like, all right, guys, we got to run the ball, you know, and these guys are making it tough. How the hell are we going to do this? So Fick and I, and, you know, uh, our other coaches, we, we just, we sat there and we're like, they're doing this, this, you know, and then we got back to freaking making adjustments and coaching football and, and we, and we made some good ones and, 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 uh, you know, it it just worked. When you can get Deontay a little bit of room, good things are going to happen, you know? And so I think it's, I think y'all got tired. You know, I think we were the athletically, the the much better team. Uh, Y'all just did such a good job and game plan so well. Uh, but I kind of felt like the ball was going to roll our way in the second half and and it, it would be fine. And yeah, your kids, I remember just like, and it was tough, like we scored or whatever, but I remember at the very end, you kind of had a kid lose his mind, throw his helmet, you know, right. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I remember just thinking, you know, 
it's got to be tough for that kid because he played his ass off. You know, I, I just remember thinking, dude, that kid balled out. And then all of a sudden the game kind of gets out of, you know, I, I, I'd lose my mind too. You know, if I played that hard and wanted something that hard and, you know, and then, and then all of a sudden it's just, it doesn't go my way. You know, like it, I, I, I totally knew where he was coming from. You know, I was just like, you know, it kind of sucks for that kid. But, but I think he came back the next year and oh yeah, had, had a great year. And yeah, absolutely. It's so yeah. funny you bring that up, Coach. Your memory is so good. And Chase also brought that up. And that's just something I'm struck with you guys, you and him. And it's like, you're, you're all so sharp and your memory is so good. Because I guess that absolutely did happen. And for the, my Ridgepoint fans that listen a lot to the show, like, that's Kaiser St. Cyr. And he is one of our most beloved players in the program, both for myself and Coach Sniffin, our head coach. They have yeah. an extremely yeah. close relationship. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I mean, he's a great kid. Yeah. And it was just one of those things. And I mean, obviously we're not condoning the way he, and you know, right. Yeah. It, yeah. it was handled by coach Sniffin and discipline or whatnot, yeah. but you know, it's, sure. it was just one of those things where he wanted it so bad and just, mm-hmm. it, it happened, you know, yeah. and, uh, but you're, yeah. I, I find it interesting. You guys were able to, to pick up on that. And I, I think that's really cool, but you know, uh, I, just then, remember, I just remember like wanting to go talk to that kid right, being like, look, dude, right. you're a freaking baller, you know, yeah. like whatever. And y'all kind of, but I don't know. Anyway, I couldn't find him after the game. Yeah, I think we kept him back in the locker. I remember wanting to go over there and congratulate yeah, yeah, like yeah. what a good football player was and how Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, man. And speaking of that handshake, you know, we get out there and I mean, like I said, I I, I really respect what you guys were doing from a uh, preparing against it as a defensive coordinator, but I didn't know you or Chase or anything. And right. this is a really cool story. And I don't know how often this happens. Like you kind of caught me in the handshake line and we shook hands and you looked me right in the eyes and you said, Hey, I really liked what you guys did. I mean, can would you meet with me and just tell me what you saw, man? Because I mean, obviously, you, you had goals beyond that, beyond that yeah. game. And you, yeah, I, I was so struck and impressed by that. And then Thick was the same way. And so that's kind of how our friendship started. I think we did, you know, meet and I shared what we thought, and you know, and I I hope that helped, you know, to some degree. But can you just kind of? No, explain? yeah, it, it, it did. Yeah. You gave us, you gave us because Brenham actually did a lot of a similar things, okay. slanting and stuff up front the next week yeah. and. And you told me some things that you thought would have hurt y'all. And so we went right to him. And like, it's funny because we scored on that drive, like doing the stuff. You're like, run Get back out of town, to the nub, is- <laughs> you know, do your stuff over, run back to the nub, whatever. And I was like, shit, yeah. let's just, let's arc the tight end, run counter underneath it, you know, whatever. Yeah, they're going yeah. to slant to it. We should pick him up, you know, whatever. And it freaking piped, you know, we hit for like 70 yards. And I was just like, hell yeah, that worked. You know, like, you, you know, you never know if it's truly going to work, but it worked, you know, and so Man, yeah. that but, makes but, me think I should have been was, an offensive coordinator. I could maybe could have done some OC work. I, I, <laughs> well, I mean, it just, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Um, it, but, but it's one of those things, like, yeah, like you said, like we had big goals and yeah. I, I didn't want to leave any stone unturned, you know, and I, I'd been an offensive coordinator at Sweeney and at Texas city and that's it. So it's not like, you know, I mean, you're going, Brennan has Glenn West. Right. And we've got David right. Wolf to go and play, you know, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I was just, you know, I just did, I wanted to, you don't know how much you don't know, but you, but I, I wanted to go in there, you know, with, with as much ammunition as I had. And so I thought you guys did an absolutely great job the entire game. I mean, it, it showed on the scoreboard in the first half, but it was the entire game. And so I was like, I got to talk to these guys and see what they saw. And I mean, cause there's obviously something that they were doing and uh, I just wanted to have an answer, you know, if somebody else followed that format and uh, yeah. And so so that's why, man, I, you know, you just, you, that's how you get better in the profession and that's Absolutely. how you, you best prepare for your team. And, and, uh, man, yeah, I was always, I was always impressed. And, uh, yeah, so that's, that's how that covered. I was, 
the only way you're going to find out is ask, you know? So, I mean, I, I thought I, I, again, I thought it would be a compliment to you. You know, yeah. I wanted to oh, compliment yeah. you guys. We were, we were very I wanted honored. the feedback, yeah. you know, I wanted the feedback for sure. You know, and I mean, I, I always like this, the saying, the closed mouth don't get fed. Right. Or you yeah. know, squeak, squeak, you, know, you got to ask. Right. And so right. like, I, but I think you and I both know Wilk, like there's a lot of coach out there that would never go to an opponent and, and, and ask for that kind of intel. Right. I mean, yeah. and I just really impressed, man, your humility and also your confidence in yourself and also just, you were genuine, man. So it's like instantly just like hearing you, I was like, man, this guy's extremely sincere and yeah, I'd love to help. And I want these yeah. guys to go far. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. how I felt. So I, I don't know yeah. anybody at Brenham. So I apologize if it didn't help, you know, that game at all. But like, you know, I just, I don't know. I thought that was really cool, man. So for people listening, just consider uh, the example of, of David Wilkinson there. And I, I think it, it was definitely a good move. But let, let's talk about that, man. So you had so much success at Texas City. For the first time, you become a head coach at Baytown Lee. So that's just, that's what, maybe just 45 minutes straight north, you know, up from yeah, Texas. Yeah, City. yeah, right up, right up 146. And yeah, yeah. We were actually in district of Baytown Lee. Yeah. So uh, before that job came open. So, yeah. It's fairly familiar then, I guess. I mean, it's not like it's like right next door, but I mean, it's in the same side of town. You've been district mates. And so going into that, was was that a part of it where you felt uh, when you when you selected that job, I mean, and went for that job, was it something where you felt like comfortable on that side of town or you liked what you, I mean, I'm just kind of curious for coaches well, deciding I mean, what to apply for. It's one of those for. deals where you always think you're ready, you know, yeah. and I thought I was ready to be a head coach. You know, we had, I was only at Texas City for two years. But they were two very, very successful offensive years. And it was because of the kids we had. You know, I mean, like, like I said, we, 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 were, we were very basic in what we did. We just did it well. Yeah. Um, and so th those kids allowed me to, to have some sort of resume uh, to, to, to apply for head coaching jobs. And uh, so anyways, I, I applied at two jobs that year. I, applied at, I interviewed at two jobs that year at Austin Anderson. I oh, uh, was okay. a finalist for that. And then didn't get it because, you know, I didn't have enough experience. A lot better guys did. I think a guy from what a coordinator from Westlake ended up getting it. So that lets you know what I was up against, you know, like, right. and then, and then Baytown Lee opened up and, you know, we were in district with them and they had skill kids. They were good in track. You know, their four by one was good. Their four by four went to state, you know, I was just like, man, I was like, you know, if I can get these skill kids and I can coach up the O-line. I can find some O-linemen and I can, I was like, I just felt like we could, we could be very, very successful. Um, the guy that was there before me, Marvin Sedbury and his OC, Dustin Bland, Dustin's the head coach now in Nevada community and Marvin's at Terrell. Oh, okay. Yeah. They, they were unbelievable offensive coaches way ahead of the curve. You know, I did a bunch yeah. of Art Wiles stuff back then. And, you know, and yeah. so I came in with this pro I system and the kids, you yeah. know, the kids were just kind of like, screw that. You, you know what I mean? It, it was just, sure. it was totally different. Um, but I thought, you know, if we could grind it out a little bit, we could win some games, you know, right. and, and uh, man, I'll tell you what, I, I poured my heart into that place yeah. And, you know, things didn't go my way. You know, we lost we lost about 500 kids of enrollment, you know, because the district, the lines went kind of the different right. way I didn't right. think they would. Um, you know, our demographics didn't didn't take a favorable turn for us, mm -hmm. you know, just all that stuff. But, but man, I just I worked my butt off, but I made so many mistakes. You know, like, like I said earlier, I majored in the minor and I thought everything was about me. I thought I had to do it all. I thought, you know, whatever. And, and, and I was, I was just banging my head against a freaking concrete wall, you know, and not knowing that I was doing it the wrong way. And, uh, you know, now, now you look back at it like that. I just thought we just outwork everybody, but I mean, shoot, 
Are you going to outwork Port Natchez? Are you going to outwork Nederland? Are you going to out? I mean, those guys work hard as, you know, you know what I mean? Right. Like Pfizer, right. you know, right. they're working just as hard or harder than you are. And, uh, and they know what they're doing. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. So yeah. it was, yeah. it was, man, it was a big learning curve. Uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity that I got to do it. I think it made me a much better coach and it set me up for the next step, um, you know, in my career, which was, which was working for coach Snelson at, at Dickinson. And that to me, you know, it, it, it all, it all just kind of led me to that. And uh, man, I learned, I learned in four years at Dickinson, what took me 16 prior, you know, my whole career and uh, just anyways, it's, it's all part of the process, but man, Lee was, Lee was, Lee was a tough job, man. Lee was a tough job. You know, I had a, I lost vision in my right eye one day. I had ocular wow. migraine. My yeah. right eye went blank, yeah. Yeah. you know, just sitting in my freaking office, you know, just my head hurt all the time. I was dehydrated. And uh, yeah, my, the, the trainer there who, who was a good friend of mine, Mike Revin, he, he had to call my wife and she had to come pick me up because I couldn't see out of my right eye and I had to go to the doctor and I was having ocular migraines because of the stress. And, you know, that's so, you know, you talk about the success, success Academy, Sergio Gonzalez. Yes. Um, yeah. He's, he's at, at Rayburn. Uh, you know, I gave him his first varsity job at Lee. And uh, so when he had his heart attack this year, yeah, you know, I reached out to him and I, you know, I just texted him. I was like, look, man, nothing is that important. You know, like, and, you know, I, I kind of went through the health problems too with all yeah. the stress and, you know, I mean, it's just, it is what it is. You know, you, you, you can't put that much on yourself. And uh, so, you know, we had, a, we had a good few weeks of conversations and he would call me and, and uh, so it, it, it was good, man. It's, it's good to, to, to take those lessons and, and, you know, we, we all go through, we're all coaches, man. And we pour our hearts into it. And, you know, sometimes it just gets out of your control and, and uh, yeah. So that, that, those were those lessons at Baytown Lee, man. It was, man, yeah. coach, if you don't, I do want to dig into this a little bit. Cause I, I do think you, how forthcoming you are and honest you are. Cause again, a lot of coaches aren't going to just sit there and admit, like I made mistakes and that's how I am. I made so yeah. many mistakes at Aldi and all, yeah. all the people that listen yeah. to this show know about them, you know, and I think it's really valuable again, because a lot of us do when we're getting uh, our first job or any, or sometimes there's, there's going to be struggles. Yeah. Um, when you were at Baytown lead, did, did you ever experience an Owen 10 season? Uh, two of them. Yeah. Both were two, two. I was there three years. You right? were there three years. Okay. Yeah. Two, the first two were Owen 10. And then in the second year, we really could have been four and six. We just right. we couldn't win. You know what I mean? Like right. we lost a game 82 to 68. You know, like, I mean, just, yeah. yeah. I mean, we blew a 35 point second half lead against Waller, you know, like it yeah. just, yeah. I mean, we just found the way we fumbled five times in the second half against Waller. We just found ways to lose, man. You yeah. know, like it was, it was crazy. I mean, it was, it was insane the way we would lose some games. And uh, yeah, so I went through two of those back to back, but the, the second one hurt so much. The first one I was, I was in a fog. You know, I was just sure, like, holy sure. crap. I knew we weren't going to be good. They weren't good the year before and they graduated everybody. I knew we weren't going to be very good. But your first head coaching job and you think you can, you know, you think you can pull miracles. And so yeah. anyways, it's just, it's just, we really had a chance to win like one game that year and and we yeah. didn't do it. You know, the next year, I mean, we, we started off, I mean, you know, we, 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 our first four games, we were ahead winning whatever. I mean, like, yeah. And just couldn't get it done. And then, you know, we got to 0-4, and, and then our kids just kind of, you know, injuries or whatever, they just kind of mm -hmm. quit believing, you know, and yeah. and that had never – see, that's the deal. As coach, I always thought I could get kids to believe, but, like, then that, that season I kind of lost them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, yep. you know, like, that's never happened to me. 
you know um so anyways yeah it, it was it was tough you know like uh i know it, it, it was tough yeah so facing those those seasons it was, it was really t- all, all three seasons were tough but those first two were ridiculous yeah. man coach and there's so much again to unpack here because like i i feel like i relate to you so much man because i mean the first year we get to Aldean, um they were actually coming off of a playoff season because they won three big district games and so they got in you know with with those three big wins mm-hmm. and so we came in uh and we won the same two we also beat northbrook and nimitz and then we lost to macarthur so that, that's what knocked us out but um mm-hmm. I, I have a lot of pride in that season because you know one of those wins against nimitz nimitz ended up making the playoffs so yeah. I always kind of like that. That was our best game we ever played. But it's one of those things where just like the Texas City game, terrible pouring rain on a Saturday afternoon, the day of the SATs. Mm-hmm. They fumbled it like five times to hour zero. We were mm-hmm. doing our shift. They had like 100 yards of penalties. And it still took us getting an interception in the end zone to yeah. cling to right. the, in the final. Yeah. We, we, that's how we won it. We did everything. We got everything to win the game. But just like you, Coach, that first year, I, mean, I remember when I interviewed at Aldean, like positive energy was my – that was the, the title of my presentation. Cause that's what I was mm-hmm. at Ridge point. You know, mm-hmm. I was, you know, you asked the Ridge point guys like Kovo was positive energy guy. Yeah. And I came in with, and I had it for that first year, but then, like you said, as these other things, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk more about the administrative role of our jobs. Cause mm-hmm. I think a lot of young coaches don't think about that part, but as more and more things started to weigh on me, I found myself becoming more negative. Mm-hmm. I, I got more negative. I got more tired. I wasn't the same person in year two. Yeah. Coach, just like you, man, I look up in year two, we lost every single game in the entire program. Mm-hmm. Every single varsity game, we went 0-10. JV, we went mm-hmm. 0-10. Freshman, 0-10. Yeah. Stovall Middle School lost all of their games in 7th and 8th grade. I'm like, I'm like, what? And I, I felt the same. I thought I always prided myself in relationships and, and leading kids and, and, and being positive and fun. Like, you know, like it was at Ridgepoint. And like, we just kind of lost that, man. And yeah. I look up and I'm like, we've not won a game in this program. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, and again, just the way that I'm wired, you're wired. Like, I blame myself, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm sure there are, there are tons of things I could have done better, but I mean, there was also things that we worked really hard and I had great guys. Yeah. Staff. We had a great staff in the football team, yeah. you know, and how do you work with that? Cause I also, man, th- that was years ago. That was in 2014. It's almost, or excuse me, that was in 20, uh, sorry, 2016. So I was like seven years ago. I look physically better now at 39 years old, six sure. years old. Oh, later. yeah. Oh, dude, I was heavy. You look man, the same, idea. coach, man. You're looking like we're, we're looking right. younger, healthier, revitalized. Like it, it yeah. does change you what advice can you give for my listeners, man? So whenever they, they, if they are going to live through something like what you and I, you know, did, and you know, you're, you're used to success and now suddenly you're met with just so much losing. Uh, let's talk about the on the field first and we'll talk about the administrative piece, but what, what advice can you give? Cause you, you mentioned that you majored in the minor. So can, maybe you can elaborate on that and just give us what advice to, to get through those times. Well, I mean, first of all, you just got to have the perspective that, that kids are kids, you know, and, 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 and they're going to upset you. It's, you know, they're, they're going to, and you can't take it personal. You know, it's, it's going to happen. And it's, and it's as many parameters or as much fun as you try to make it, or you try to trick them into doing the right thing, you know, all this stuff, you're going to be disappointed, you know, and, and, you know, it's just kind of like coaching when you, especially when you're a head coach, you're always pouring into somebody else. And so your cup never kind of gets replenished. And the way your cup gets replenished is you win, you know, because it's, it's your name, like, like, if you win or lose as a coordinator or whatever, it's not your name. It doesn't go on your record. It doesn't know, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, you can talk about it years later, but, but so when that cup is not getting replenished with wins and you're just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, and then it never gets replenished, man, it's just, it's just, it's disheartening and it's hard on you, you know, and to the point where, you know, like physically it it can affect you, you know? And so, uh, 
man, it just, you know, I, I was married at time, kids that, you know, two young boys at the time. And I mean, I, it, it affected my marriage, you know, because my, my mental health wasn't, wasn't sure. good. And, and, uh, you know, so you know, then you start going through all that, you know, um, you know, yeah. luckily I've got a strong, you know, uh, very godly woman for a wife. And so she yeah. was there to support me through all that stuff. You know, yeah. um, I, I really don't have good advice to give people except sure. that, man, you just keep coaching, you know, you just keep coaching and, and that job is not going to be the end all be, you know, I thought about getting out of coaching after that. I, I was just, you know, whatever. And I was just like, man, I just got to keep coaching. I got to find a good spot to land. Um, I actually, you know, and, and, and then it, it takes a while, man. It takes a while to get, to get revived. I actually went to Barbers Hill my first year after Baytown Lee coach for Tom Westerberg, who is, I mean, he's the Vince Lombardi of texas high school football he's won yeah. more than you know i mean yeah and he he is the coolest calmest seen it all whatever i was out of my mind and i didn't fit his staff you know yeah. we had to kind of agree to go separate ways and and uh that was that was the first time that i you know i was just like i'm just got a kind of a run of, of not being successful here sure. you know both as a head coach and as an assistant and you know whatever and uh you know it, it just but you just keep coaching and then, and yeah. then you've got to realize, you know, well, maybe I can grow to, you know, maybe, maybe I got a lot to learn, right. you know? And so, and so my goal was I wanted to get with somebody that I could learn a lot and, you know, like, I mean, to me, it's all, you know, providential. I, I coach Nelson was there and took me on. And I mean, even then, you know, coach Nelson, he's the greatest guy in the world, greatest guy in the world. But shoot, if, if 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 you don't do it his way, you know, you're going to get your butt chewed a little bit. And so I came in kind of still thinking I knew everything, you know, and yeah. there were some times where he had to sit me down. He's like, dude, I'm the freaking boss. You know what I mean? And yeah. so him chin checking me was was good. It got me yeah. back to him. Yeah. Just, just coach, you know, like just. And so uh, man, I, I think you just you, you just keep doing what you, what you do to get that got you there. But you have to be humble. You have to learn from your mistakes and, and you just, you just, you try to get better. You can, you just always just try to get better. And I, that's probably so cliche, you know, but, but, but that's how it was. And that's, that's just how it worked out for me. And, and, and luckily I'm back to where I don't want to say I didn't like coaching or didn't love coaching at those times, but losing is tough, man. Losing is tough. And, and, you know, getting back to winning programs where you feel affirmed and where, I mean, cause we'd work our butts off and, and but, but you, but you get that affirmation when you win, you know? And uh, yeah. so that, that just makes it all easier. You know, that's, that's a lot of good stuff, man. And I, and again, I, I love your honesty. I love how you brought up the health concerns. Cause that is something my listeners need to hear because so many times as coaches, man, like you said, we put our head down and we just keep burrowing through it, you know, and maybe we don't, it sneaks up on us how far we yeah. let it slip. You know, so man, I really bet that's huge that you share that. And so for my listeners, man, please keep that first. A um, couple of things I thought of just listening to you, and you mentioned the Success Academy of Sergio, and I went to his talk as well. And I've seen similarities with Sergio, um, you know, at Raber, now my good friend Cirillo Heda at Aldean, you know, my old mm -hmm. school. They do a really good job of just of making it fun and and mm -hmm. maybe again not not focusing so much on wins and loss right now like i know both of them are, are good on the grill and so they they, mm -hmm. they barbecue and like the kids mm -hmm. get excited and just just having those kinds of moments right Making well they're 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 both very magnetic personalities Absolutely. and kids are drawn to them um you know and you know coach gonzalez you know he he's he's only been a head coach two years and at two different places so he hasn't got, gotten to do it but but what, what coach ojeda did at at 
where was he at Scarborough? Sharpstown. Well, no, Sharpstown. Yeah. Huge Sharpstown. tournament. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like, I couldn't even fathom trying to take that job. And he goes in there and his positive attitude. And, you know, I mean, he's putting stuff out on Facebook trying to collect money. And I'd always give like 50 bucks because I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to help this guy. Like, he's yeah. working his butt off, you know? Yeah. Like, and I mean, dude, they got to like winning. And, you know, Absolutely. I mean, it just, he's to me i mean they're both great they're both great yeah. coach oh god man i i just think he's like a super rising star um you know when i was at dickinson he was the oc at clear springs man, you yeah. Talk about yeah. Tough. yeah like i mean just god man those kids were just tough and you know he's he's just i mean when they, when they were at pasadena shoot their offenses were good you know like anyways those guys they're they're stars you know they're 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 up and comers and uh you know i Ojeda has been doing it for a while, but, but his, both, both of them, their best days are ahead of them. You know, they're just very positive guys that are, that are, that are successful and going to be more successful. Very well said, very well said, man. And both those guys are team player podcast alums and mm -hmm. just really, really cool stories. I mean, I know, you know, Sergio uh, almost kind of brought me to tears in, in his, uh, in his speech the other day when he talked about his grandfather used to clean the hallways of galena park high school and mm -hmm. his grandfather before he died looked at him and said you know son like or mijo you know like whenever you know our last name used to be cleaning these hallways and now our last name is their teacher in you yeah and i mean and, and i know he told the story on my podcast it was, it was interviewing for your job he went yeah. to the admin office and he sat they had him sit there and sit there and sit there and he's like hey i'm here for you know and they thought he was interviewing for like a, a lawn you know that kind of yeah. that kind of position yeah, maintenance job maintenance, yeah, maintenance, yeah. Yeah, maintenance position you know and i as it's just a, you know and he, he's he's perfect through all that and he's doing an amazing job and you talk about uh, him and cirillo that's the advice i would give that i've watched now that i watched them from afar mm -hmm. and not that we didn't do those things but they're doing it to a better extent in my opinion more yeah. productive more effective yeah. of just those cookouts the fun getting the kids believing you know all that kind of yeah. stuff so i i love that but um with coach ahead similar to you you, you know, you, you had the stops at Dickinson and then now at Bernie where you kind of refilled your cup. You learned a lot. You added more to your toolbox. Mm -hmm. Cirillo did that too, right? He was at Pasadena for a long time. He's an mm -hmm. alum. He's Mr. Eagle. Yeah. Ever was selected for that job and finally yeah. kind of decided I've got to go elsewhere. Went to Clear Springs, learned some of that Katie stuff, you know, with mm -hmm. Coach Daly and, you know, and mm -hmm. just went to Ridge Point, you know, learned under yeah. Brett Sniffen. Right. And he filled up his, his toolbox mm -hmm. and now look where he's at. So again, what, what I'm saying for coaches, just because maybe you, you you're met with a failure, whether it's your record or not getting a job you didn't want, like your story's not done. Your right. story's not done. And okay, now last thing I want to ask you about the Baytown League because I found this interesting. For me, a lot of times, you know, you can you can really suffer in silence and not just silence, but like alone. And mm -hmm. at that time, what I didn't have, I was not married. I didn't have kids. I was a bachelor. Mm -hmm. That made it worse in my yeah. opinion. I think I'd be a better yeah. coach now if I had my wife and my son, Bo. I had not, my whole identity was my job coach. Mm -hmm. And so that's all that I had. And right. I really internalized everything and, and put more and more of myself. I wasn't able to just, Hey, it's over, go home, deal with my kid, you know? Um, so what I did after that first year was I sought out fellowship with guys. I thought would understand what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. it, and not that I, that my Ridgepoint guys or whatever, of course, they're my best friends and they, they know good football, but I kind of felt like I needed a different perspective. I almost kind of felt at that, that moment, what, what's my buddies at Ridgepoint going to tell me to help me mm -hmm. right now? And yeah. two of the guys that I remember, and there may have been more, uh, one of them actually, well, I would, that's why I met Sergio. I went to Austin, Robin Kirk at Austin. Mm -hmm. was another one of the guys yeah. I fellowshiped yeah. with. 
That's where uh, I met him and coach Soria, who's now very mm -hmm. successful at the Heights, but a, a lot of those guys, but there was yourself and Dave Handel as well. Mm -hmm. And of course we're going to do Dave's episode and he was great. But with you, the thing that I took away, I really like this. You, again, you were not going to just go down at the ship of just trying to do the same thing. You were thinking outside the box. And I yeah. think you told me in preparing for a JV game against somebody that maybe ran the slot T or something, yeah. you had a coach on staff that knew it. He, he, yeah. you, he had to run it for scout team that week to get you ready for yeah. the game. And then you're like, wow, this really works. And so you started running that on your JV first, right? Mm -hmm. And then you yeah. brought it up to your varsity. And then again, that last year, you really you started having some, some, some success there. So yeah, yeah, we weren't, we weren't as good offensively, but, but it fit our team correct, maybe a little correct. bit better. You know, it, it made games into low scoring games. And so we had, we had more success. Um, yeah, but that, that's what it was. We would play Biter and yeah, they were the, yeah. Jeff Matthew, they were the best slot T in that area. You know, maybe the only team that's better is Liberty Hill. And, um, so we had actually had a bye week before we played Viter. So we got our JV as coached up as we could on the slot T. And yeah. and we I a guy named Walter Fortune, he ran it um for Bruce Bush. Um is it Bruce Bush or Randy Bush? Anyway, he ran he ran it for one of the Bush Bush guys. So he he knew it. He ran it for like eight years. Uh knew it really, really well. Coach it was OC in it, uh ran it as a head coach. And so he, he really coached our JV up on it, got him good at it. We had the worst JV. It was like the worst football. Because if you were any good, you were on varsity. If you were a sophomore and you were halfway good, you were on varsity. You know, because we, we needed people. So our JV was just like this group of like 25 kids that, man. And so like started on the slot T and they got kind of good at it. We ran yeah. it at Biter. Yeah. Like we ran it because they were used yeah. to it. So we ran it at them and we beat them. You know what I mean? Like we, we, yeah. our JV beat their JV and then they, yeah. they ended up winning four games that year, yeah. you know, like I, it, it was, and I was just like, Holy crap, can we grind these games out? And you know, whatever. Yeah. So the next year we, we, we re's district. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's uh rezoning, you know, classification, whatever year. And uh, man, I was really praying because Baytown's kind of in limbo. You can either go East, you know, with, with yeah. all those golden triangle schools, or you can go back to Houston. And I was just praying that we would go back to Houston and get away from Viter because everybody in the Golden Triangle knows how to play it. Sure, you you sure, know sure. what I mean? Like, because yeah. they play Viter every year and whatever. And not only did we get thrown back in the Golden Triangle, but we get thrown in a nine team district. So I don't get to pick any games. Yeah. Like, and we had to play Sterling, who was a 6A team. Right. And right. They had the better athletes, whatever. And my best friend Brett Sawyer was the head coach there. Yeah. So I yeah. got to pick one game. You know, yeah. Yeah. I got to I got to pick one game coming back, whatever. And anyways, it was good for us. It made games more competitive. We were much more competitive that year. The fans hated it because they were used to be in Air Bay Town under under Dick Olin, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. 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 I mean, like, you know, and and it just so anyways, it kind of worked for us. It kind of did, but but you're right, man. I wasn't just gonna sit there and, and yeah. keep doing what we were doing and it was, you know, whatever. And then when that didn't work, I was just like, you know what? It's time for somebody else to just come. Because I, I didn't believe we could win. And if your head coach doesn't believe you can win, it's time to get out. Yeah. And so I didn't have a job. I didn't yeah. even talk to anybody. Um, I went to our AD a couple of times. And I was like, I think I'm I think I'm going to hang it up. You know, and he, he, he hired me. He believed in me. He's like, don't. You know, like, good things are coming. We're going to, you know, we're going to rezone. You're going to get yeah. kids your way. It's going to just, just be patient. And rezoning got voted down a couple times while I was there, you know, my first year there and what, and it just never went my way and, and, uh, or our way. And, and so, 
yeah, I mean, it, it was it was a, it was a feeble attempt at something, but at least it was an attempt. And you know, like yeah, so we 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 tried, we tried. I, I liked it. I, I really do. I, I'm, I'm and I'm always interested in that in a scheme change if necessary, or just being open, you know, to scheme adjustments. And so I I was really interested in we. Um, my offensive coordinator, Nate Schallenberger, he's now the assistant head coach at Hightower. Um, we actually stayed of, uh, down in Port Lavaca, Calhoun of Coach Whitaker. And so we mm-hmm. learned we learned flexbone. We thought about it, but we didn't quite yeah. go all the way there. But you kind of mentioned at Dickinson, you had you had some of those come to Jesus moments uh, with Coach Nelson. And that helped grow you some more. You, you got back to winning. Yeah, Coaches know that endorphin rush of winning. Like the way you were at Texas City or my time at Ridgepoint, like it's just amazing when you're winning. And, it, it, well, I, and to me, it's just the it's the confidence that it gives you. Like yeah. when when I just remember being at Dickinson and you know a team whoever would would come would come to the swamp and like we have this weight room and we have all these windows and you can just see and you'd see them out there you know before the game like you know kicking the not kicking the field but you know walking the field and throwing the ball yep. around what and just in my mind i'm thinking here we're about to whip these guys butts you know like like just that confidence it gives you you know and and it's just it's 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 it's, it's a whole different mindset of coaching and uh, yeah i mean it's just good to to to, to have that 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 reset and get, get get filled back up with that you know that 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 confidence in your in yourself because of the kids and the and the other coaches yeah. and, and all that stuff yeah it's 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 definitely needed at that time yeah and then obviously now and now you're at bernie i mean a, a run all the way to the state championship man yeah all the way there and you it's fall great. 24 21 in an incredible you know classic uh game China Spring, right? It was Waco China, China Spring. Spring. Yeah, China, China Spring. Spring. They, they were back-to-back champs. Yep. Um, yeah, they won in 4A Division II, bumped up to 4A Division One. had a freaking ridiculously good team. Uh, very talented, but tough, very well coached. Uh, they were good, man. I, 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 I think if we play each other ten times – maybe five and five, maybe six and four, one way, you know, like it was just, they, they were freaking good. I, I, I know this, we were the two best teams in the state. I don't know who's one, who's two, obviously they're one cause they won, but we were the two best teams in the state and they were by, by far the best team we played last year. And so I'm glad it was in the state championship. And if you got to lose to somebody, cause they won it, you know, we didn't give it to them. They won it. And it, you want it to be a t- to a team like that, you know? And yeah, like you said, you're undefeated. So 15 and 0 going into the game. And were, were you at Dickinson? Were you the offensive coordinator? No, no, I was, I was O-line coach. There was two O-line coaches, actually three O-line coaches uh, at Dickinson, but at Dickinson, it's, you coach, you know, they, you coach five different teams. Like you're, you're, if you're the O-line coach, you coach the B team, the A team, the, all the yeah. way up, up the deal. So you split O-line, but I was just O-line coach at Dickinson. Yeah. And so this is what's really cool, man. The, but if you and Dave handle like, you know, and you guys were at points in your career where there's zero and 10 or one and nine as a head coach, mm-hmm. he w- he became defensive coordinator. Tom ball took, went all the way to the state semifinal. You become offensive coordinator at Bernie go all the way to the state final. I mean, it's just like for coaches out there that are listening and you think it's over, you know, you're, you're never going to, like, you just never know you and Dave got off the mat. You didn't, didn't make excuses kept going you like you said you yeah. kept going and you yeah. got back up there and man you're now you're achieving at such high levels and you know i'm still just here hosting a podcast and my <laughs> my yeah. career didn't rebound yeah. like like you guys you know but yeah. in all seriousness i just think that's so cool man and really so inspiring and you know we talked about like the cool things like you do the thing of the bernie the wall of bernie 
And great, great wall, of Bernie. Yeah, the great wall, great of Bernie. Wall. And yeah. I see that, and you know, just like the, the fun thing we're saying, like the barbecue and stuff like that. Like you, you have something that the kids start buying into, and that's mm-hmm. what you're doing uh, at Bernie's. So can you can you talk about like? Because I'm an old old lineman myself, man. So I, I love these kinds of things. So can you talk about like how you got the great wall of Bernie and just kind of some of the fun stuff of that? Yeah. So um, the short, I mean, the short story of it is, is, is you always want your O line to have an identity. You know, you you want them to you want them to want to be a part of the o-line it's got to be special you know it's it's a thankless job uh they're i love coaching o-line because it's usually the best kids they're they're, they're you know they're very selfless mm-hmm. they're they're usually very smart they're usually funny they're usually comfortable with themselves yeah. you, you know what i mean and so yeah. they're, they're just a fun group but so you got to get those five you know to, to work as one uh and actually you've got to get more than that you've got to get the whole program because if you're going to be good it's got to be something that works up the whole chain, you know? And so great wall of Bernie is not just the starting five. It's the whole thing. You know, our, our great wall of Bernie text chain that we have, it's 25 kids from, from, you know, freshmen all the way up. That's you awesome. Know? And, and, and coach, you know, that that's the, let me, let me stop you right there, coach. That's the first time I've ever heard of that. You know, that's the first time I've talked to, I've heard a coach say they have a, a text chain going from freshmen all the way through seniors. That's really cool, man. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the, 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 there's a pecking order, you know, the, the, uh, the freshmen know they're not supposed to respond or, you know, they're sure, sure, sure. up stuff, you know, I mean, <laughs> right. like, but, you know, uh, and then also on those text chains, I'm going to say this, like, you know, we, we, last year, it wasn't a problem. We have a right tackle. He, he's going on to West Point. Uh, whenever, whenever I texted, he was always the first one to respond, you know, and he'd always respond with like some sort of funny picture of him giving a thumbs up, you know, like whatever, but, <laughs> but, he, but he was always the first one. And so, Four of those five last year graduated. Three of them were had three of them were three year starters, you know, yeah. and just and, and dudes. And uh, you know, so when they left, you know, I, I we have we have a top one fifty left tackle now. He's going to be a junior. He's got a bunch of offers, and you know, I to me the football's fine. He, you know, the kid. It's all about leadership with him, and he's he's a great kid. I mean, he's an awesome kid. And uh, you know, I told him I said, hey, when when these when we get on this text chain thing again and I start sending stuff out, you have to be the first one to like it. You have to be, you know, you, you can't ghost me. You can't, you, you have to respond. Love that. You have to, because if you do it, everybody else will, everybody else will buy in. And he was like, Oh yes, sir. He's like, I got it. I coach. I got any he is. He's like, and it just naturally comes to him. I probably never would have had to say that to him, but I wanted to make sure, you know, so even, even when you're talking with kids in, in text chains and stuff, you've got to have a set of expectations um, that, that you want. And uh, you know, it's, it's, that they all respond. They all give some sort of feedback on, on those things because the best player does, you know, because, because the biggest, the, the biggest fish responds. And so anyways, that, that's just part of it all as well, you know, but, but those freshmen see that for four years and when, when they become the big guys, it becomes an honor to be that guy. You, you know what I mean? It becomes, it becomes an honor to be the lead dog on that text chain, you know? So. You know what I find interesting, coach? You, you said another thing that I've never heard before. And I want to, I want to point this out. Cause you said, you said when you, whenever you were really struggling, you were majoring in the minor things. Mm-hmm. And that's probably true. And, and, and when you're really struggling, there's other priorities. Like you're just trying to get the morale up, get the camaraderie right. up. Now you are at the state championship level. You are at the elite level. I almost think you kind of have to, you do have to major in the minor things because that could be the difference. And that's, that's huge, man. I, because I think we've all, we've all had the time of like, you know, you text somebody and the people that, that you can see when they've read it. And it's like, mm-hmm. you've seen, I've seen that you've read it. <laughs> you're not yeah. answering oh, me yeah. for hours. Like, yeah. 
that, maybe this is me being wired that way, but like that's it does kind of lower morale slightly or something. It's just that little bit of question that maybe are we all in this together? Are we all move in the same right. direction. So I love that you are purposely having your leader guard against that, and we're all yeah. pushing together. So I think yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's just I mean those those are the lessons that you learn. You know, you know, you know what eats you. You know, when you're not successful. So when you're successful, you got to make sure those things happen, and they happen easier when you're successful. You know, everybody's bought in when you're successful, but but you got to make sure that you're not fighting those battles because that's that's what will lead to to not having success. You know. And, and coach, I want to ask you. I, I, I saw you kind of react when I said that maybe at the elite levels you do have to major in some of the minor things. Or do do you agree with that? Or no? Or no? Do you still think even at the top levels you still don't want to major in the minor things? I'm curious. Well, like, I mean, they're, they're, so so is is a text chain a major thing? Yes, it is. It's, it's our it's our lifeline for communication. Yeah. Now, if a kid doesn't respond to my text, am I am I am I going to write him off? Am I going to you know grab him to the side? Am I going to do all that? No. But if it happens repeatedly. Sure. You know, so, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, when you get behaviors you want, you need to celebrate them. You Love know, when it. you have successes, yep. they need to be loud successes. You need to praise the kids that are doing it right. You can do that through a text chain. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, then, and then when kids don't respond the right way, you, you've got to correct them individually by themselves and you got to move on. You just got to be like, Hey, that behavior doesn't work here. This is the behavior I'm going to celebrate. And I'm going to celebrate that in front of everybody. And it doesn't take long for them to learn, you know? And so, yeah. Yeah, you're majoring the minor, but 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 the minor, but the minor, you know what's major and you know what's not. You know what I mean? You know what's major and you know what's not. That, that's yeah. really good. So again, for people listening, coach just gave you a great formula. If you do want to go with the text thread for your position group and maybe considering inviting more of the younger kids. And I love celebrating the good behaviors and, and quickly addressing the ones that aren't up to standard. So I thought that was yeah. excellent, coach. We're, that's we're going to put an end to the coaching portion of this. I, now the next question. This this is one of serious, a bit of a serious question. I always ask, you know, all my listeners know, you know, I grew up in in kind of a dysfunctional home. My dad was abusive and stuff, and so by the time I was getting into high school, I'd lost respect for him at that point, and I was desperately seeking a male role model. And I found mm. that in all my coaches at Fort Ben Austin High School, particularly Richard Kitterman. And he's my old line coach, he was my position coach, which usually have the strongest bond of your position coach, you know, yeah. and he's now the offensive coordinator at Sci Falls High School, very successful program out there. And I just, I, re, I, I know you know this and all my listeners know this, but that's the, that's why high school football matters. Yes. You know, for kids that are coming out of bad places and they need that, they need that belong and they need someone to love them, make them feel good about themselves, make them feel like they belong, like what you're doing if you text thread. Mm-hmm. So when, now that I'm up in the bleachers doing broadcasting and I, I'm hearing a lot of the negativity coming out of the stands, whether it's directed at coaches, other players, officials. I mean, we have an official shortage. There are mm-hmm. officials being attacked in our country, which yeah. is just crazy to me. It just really pisses me off, coach, because that that is not what we should be thinking about with athletics. Right. We should be celebrating the beautiful parts, kind of like you talked about. Absolutely. That's why I do this podcast, Celebrate mm-hmm. Coaches. You've been doing this a long time, man. You've been at a lot of places. You've been at high levels of leadership. What do you think? Do you think the behavior, sporting behavior is getting worse? Like I kind of think that it is. And, and if so, what, you know, what advice would you give that what, what can we do as a society to try to celebrate the beauty of athletics and not just bring the negativity into it? Well, I'm going to be completely biased here. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to be biased towards towards what I know, and that's Texas high school football or Texas high school coaches, not just football. Texas high school coaches. It is a profession. Yeah. Like, and, and I think, you know, 
we take it as a badge of honor. Like I love it when people ask me what I do and I get to tell them I'm a Texas high school football coach. You know, I was yep. fishing up in Wyoming a few weeks ago and a guy asked me what I did and he was like, really? Yeah. He's like, wow, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, you know, like there, there's yeah. an, an aura of respect, but I think it becomes, we do it the right way. Like, like every single one of, yes, we all win and all this stuff, but everything leads back to, we want to teach these kids, you know, to, to in, in football, to be men or to be, you know, strong women or to, you know, like, yeah, yeah. And, and now you, you get to some of this, let me, let me tell you, and I'm just going to say it. All right. You take this like seven on seven, this private elite seven on seven crap where they're head tapping and doing all that. It's because they're not run by professional coaches. They're, they're run by collectors of talent that just get a bunch of great kids together. And, and really they're trying to live off those kids, you know, and, and yes, our success depends off those kids, but we are pouring and pouring into them. I feel the same thing about AAU basketball. I feel the same thing about select baseball. You know, I, you're just collecting talent. You're putting it out there. And sometimes it's, you're very quick to lose a vision or you don't even know what you're supposed to be doing. I feel like the professionalism of, you know, of public schools of texas high schools public schools and that's because what i know i don't know what private schools do but i'm sure you know i'm sure they're based in their faith and doing godly things you know um so i'm sure it's very similar to us or the same to us but i i just think the down the, the what the, the what's wrong about it i don't think it's organized i don't think it's school sports i don't think it's high school sports i don't think it's junior high sports i think the coaches if anything, more than ever now, feel that responsibility and try to instill it in our kids. Now, are there people that don't know the right way to do it and that have to learn and maybe have a job that they're not ready for and so they don't always do it the right way? Yes, but what do we do as professionals? You know, our co I mean, look at tech, look at THCS, 16,000 people and, and all it is is about how to make kids better, how yeah. to get better at your job so you make kids better. I mean, that's the whole goal of the profession. So, no, I, I mean, I think it's stronger than ever in what we're doing, you know, and I just think it's all this outside stuff. These guys that that want to take credit for for what kids are doing and be involved in that. And 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 they're just they, they don't know. They don't know what they're doing is not right, you know, and, and so they stray from what is right. And and but, man, I, I, I think Texas, Texas high school coaches are stronger than they've ever been. You know, we, we have all these legends from the past. We celebrate them. We learn from them and we're creating our own generations of legends, you know, today. You know, I, I think I think I think sports are in a great spot in the state of Texas. And I think everybody, every state in this nation should follow what we do. You know, I, it, it pisses me off when other schools are like Texas schools suck, you know, and all this stuff. And you're our governor. He's a freaking idiot. You know, and they're saying, I'm sorry, I'm getting political here. But <laughs> what do we do? Right. We compete. You know, we compete yeah. right. We teach our kids the right way to do it. And that's why I think our kids get the best education, because not only do we do we do math, science, English, all that, we do it well. We do it great. All right. But we do sports. We do competition. We do extracurriculars. And we know that's vital. And, and we know that builds character and we know that builds great people. And we take it seriously. And I think everybody should follow our lead. And I think I mean, you know, I took my son to a camp up in Boston. Uh, a few weeks ago and I met with you know dads in the stands who had kids there one guy was from Jersey and he's like man just so envious the way you do things in Texas you know and, and all he wanted to talk about was like how do you do it you know what what is what is this and you know whatever and so I think the recipe we got is is, is great and and I think you know our leadership right now coach West coach Martin all those guys you know Susan Elsa who's now 
I think they get it and they're always trying to get better, you know? And so, I mean, I, I just think we're in great shape. And I think as long as we continue trying to get better and you see these young guys coming up and they're all about kids and they're all, I think, I think we're in a great spot. I think we are in a great spot. Yeah. Coach, I, you know, I couldn't agree more. And I, I totally agree with, you know, with us as coaches, I guess where my question more coming from is with the parents Wait, but I find it interesting because usually when I ask this question, you know, there is some agreement that parents are getting quote unquote worse over time, but it sounds like, Maybe in Bernie, every, you know, you guys are all moving in the same direction. I mean, is that what you're kind of seeing is that the, the parents have not become more uh, critical and negative and you're not you're not having those kinds of interactions? You're 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 always going to have some negative pushback here and there. You know, it's all it always comes back to playing time. I don't, you can slice it and dice it however you want to. You know, they can have an angle here, an angle there. People get unhappy when their kids don't get to play as much, you know, and so um, that's everywhere. It's not near as much at Bernie. And, and that's because our head coach has, has set a tone yeah. and he's just, he's just, he's such a good listener and he, he's so like empathetic and like he, he, he gets it, you know? And so everybody at our place right now is obviously pretty happy, you know? Yeah. And so, so we don't hear it as much. Um, but like, you know, even at Baytown Lee, man, we weren't good. And, you know, I had maybe a couple parents that were, that were upset, but for the most part, they saw that we love the kids and they saw that we worked our butts off and they, they just appreciated what we did. You know, there, there was way more good than bad. So that's the deal is just don't harp on the negative. Do I think parents are worse? No, I think yeah. parents are fine. You know, now do you have, do you have a certain few that don't, that, that don't understand the point of high school athletics? They think the point is to get a scholarship. That is not. That, that's only going to happen to a select few, you know, that the, the point is the education of everybody, you know, being a better person, you know, like when, when I came to Bernie, everybody was like, you know, you, well, you, all you got to do is coach, you know, you don't have to worry about the problems, you know, the parents take care of all that and whatever, but, but that's not true. I mean, like you, you can have, you know, kids that grow up in very, you know, very successful two parent homes, but, but maybe their dad, you know, doesn't teach them how to be a man. You know what I mean? Or maybe their dad's a shady businessman or, you know, I mean, just whatever, you know what I mean? Like you, you can always, you can always find a way to pour into kids and give them something that they're not giving, you know, that they're not getting. So, I mean, it's just, man, I think kids are kids. They've always yeah. been kids. I think parents are parents. They're always, they've always been that way. You know what I mean? I think it's, it's just all about, do you get it? Because that that's why Bernie is successful. That's why Bernie high was successful last year is because the entire community bought into what we were doing, the entire community. And it's because of the, the standard. And I've only, this is my third season upcoming to Bernie. They've been doing this for five years. So I'm just riding the coattails out on the end. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. what, what they, what they came in and did, they did before I got there. You know, I, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of on the back end. I'm, I'm, I'm jumping in the snowball and making it bigger. You know what I mean? So the community's all bought in. Um, and that's because our head coach, he, I've never seen anybody that good things just happen to him because, because he makes them happen. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? He just works yeah. in a way where, where good things just kind of go his way. Uh, and he was that way as a player, you know, growing up, you know, like, uh, and, and that's why I totally believe in him. I just, I, I believe as long as he's running the show we're going to be successful because good crap always happens to him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, and he deserves it. Like it, it, the karma is always going to be on his side yeah. because he deserves it. You know? man, yeah. Coach, man, I love that. And I mean, you get me, you got me fired up because we actually just moved here to Katie. 
you know, so I've, I've got a very young son. He's about a year, he's a year old, but like, mm-hmm. I, I'm starting to see some of that too. As I walk, as I go through the community, like I can feel the pride and it feels like a mm-hmm. small town, even though it's a six, a high school. Yeah. And I want to be a part of that too, man, where, you know, like I said, a lot of times when I ask that question, the coaches do respond that like things feel like they're getting worse. However, there are places though, when you just get that right mixture of the community and everybody being behind you, where it's what you describe, man. And I love seeing yeah. your passion about that, your belief in the leadership. And so, I can't wait to see what you guys do next season for sure. But we're kind of coming to the end coach. Just a couple of fun stories. I couldn't believe this. You have a pretty close connection to Blake Shelton. Not for him. Close for me. Not for him. Close for you. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. But you know, Blake Shelton, of course he's from, he's from Oklahoma from Ada. Yeah. Uh, there about an hour and a half South, uh, Southeast Oklahoma city. Uh, but you said he's a really cool guy. So can you just tell us that story? So my best friend, um, he was best man in my wedding. I was best man in his wedding. Um, he married Blake's sister. Cool. And so, <laughs> and, and so they are very tight. So Mike, my best friend has two best friends. Yeah. One is me and the other one is Blake Shelton and they, and they're, they're <laughs> very, very tight. And so every once in a while, you know, a couple of times a year, I get to do some pretty cool crap whenever Mike gets to hang out with his two best friends. And uh, so like, yeah, I've been hunting on his ranch and, gotten to do some cool stuff and uh he's a really really cool guy uh his sister is amazing we just we just went yeah. on vacation to florida with mike and his family um you know to his sister you know blake's sister indy is there and just their kids and uh so they're very very close family friends and you know every once in a while we get to we get to do some really really cool stuff be- because of that so yeah that's 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 the relationship there so it's fun it's a lot of fun Oh, man. that that is extremely cool i can only imagine being in that situation and having my my best friend be also best friends of a, a big time celebrity like like yeah. Blake. That, that's awesome man and I, i'm i always love hearing whenever celebrities are really cool in real life i just i love hearing that but yeah and then the other one you met the elder president bush so hw uh at academy in college station buying some shoes in college so what was that yeah like? so yeah i was i was this probably around you know 99 or 2000 uh i, I remember george bush was the, the George W. Bush was trying to win the primary for, for his election. And, and they had just built the, uh, the presidential library at AM for, for, for George, for the elder George Bush. And I, I'm sitting at Academy buying some shoes. I kind of look up and I notice dudes in jackets, you know, they were the secret service men, you know, and I'm just kind of looking around or you know, whatever. And all of a sudden I hear this voice in a chair right behind me. So the chairs are back to back and I hear this voice and I was like, that, that is president Bush. Like I know that, well, you know, yeah, like, yeah. And very, so, distinct. very distinct. So anyways, I kind of play it cool, you know, put my shoes on, whatever I decide I'm going to take them. And he's still sitting there trying to decide what shoes he's going to buy and kind of walk out and I take a few steps and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to turn around and introduce myself, you know? So so I just, I do a 180, I walk back and, and I was like, Mr. President, you know, my name is David Wilkinson. I'm a senior yeah. here at Texas A&M. And I just, I just want to meet you and shake your hand and, and thank you for, you know, what you've done for our country. And, you know, uh, and then he was just super cool. He was like, well, yeah. David, thank you. You know, what are you studying? Yeah. And please come, come, please come by the library sometime, you know, and all this stuff. Yeah. And uh, it, it was a neat moment, you know, it lasted for about a minute, but uh, man, yeah. I was on a high for, for a few weeks, you know? And so it's a cool story that I get to tell. So yeah, it's pretty cool. Very awesome, man. I, I just think back to the Dana Carvey sketch. Oh, Not yeah. going to do it. 
would yeah, be pretty yeah. you know but yeah. no in all seriousness so and so when you hear that behind yeah. you you're like i know you exactly <laughs> that's either dana carvey or president Bush, you know like yeah for sure very very cool and i'm glad that he took the time to you know to, to do that with you so and the last thing your favorite teams you said pretty much all the dallas teams uh cowboys rangers mavs of course um the aggies uh you, you have in there um and you so growing up, always, growing up in Dallas in the nineties, yeah, that's when Cowboys used to win Super Bowls. Remember those days, you know? So like we were all in on them, you know, like they were all our heroes. They were all our favorite players. Uh, so yeah, it really anything Dallas. And then, uh, yeah. And then obviously the Aggies, you know, that's, those are my teams. I, lo- I love, I love, I'm all into the Aggies. Uh, they'll break your heart every year. You're just kind of used to it, you know? And uh, yeah, I just always love the grit of Baylor. Like, you yeah, know, like, when, when our Bryles came in and they started winning, he was a Texas high school football guy yeah. and nobody could ever really win at Baylor, you know, like, and he came in and they like just got good. I was just like, man, I, I thought, this is awesome. Like, I love these guys, you know, like whatever. And then, and then, when Matt rule came, God, man, Matt rules like my favorite. I, I love that guy. So like when he came in and after, after what had happened there and then, and then Dave Aranda, you know, I mean, just, they've had these runs of coaches. I mean, they, they, they just, yeah. they're so good at hiring. And I just, I just love the grit of Baylor. And so I'm always, I'm always a fan of theirs. Yeah. And last thing we'll do, and uh, you're a true Cowboys fan. You instantly recognize my jersey. I got the Moose uh, Johnson Absolutely. jersey on. on number yeah, I used to yell Moose in the Moose. stadium. Yeah, yeah, I got to go to some games. And, yeah, I was – yeah. And well, he's a fullback. I love I love the whole, you know, make fullbacks great again, that movement yeah. on Twitter. Yeah. I'm a big fan of that. So, yeah, man, that's that's a great jersey right there. You're a former fullback, and you knew how to use them for sure at Texas City. Are you still using fullbacks? Bernie, I've never been able to watch Well, you know, so so they're more H-backs now, okay. you know. like okay. So, I mean, we are – Tight end at least, or, or is the H-backs – they're, they're insert guys. They're okay, insert and okay. wham guys, you yeah. know, so we get them out on routes a little bit, but you know, we, we are, we're basically pro I from the gun now. Well, I mean, our run concepts are, are, are pro I, you know, yeah. but, but the backs offset and, and now the fullbacks a sniffer and that's just so we can RPO, you know, I mean, you know, that's it. And, and uh, really, you know, so I love that tough, fullback kid and you can always find you know there's always that second string d lineman that you can make a freaking insert or wham fullback and uh we've done it and we've done it at bernie it's been very successful and you know we we know who it's going to be next year and uh and yeah, do, so. do you have an end line tight end or or, or no so we'll, we'll, we'll run some of that too you know we'll run some 12 personnel yeah. you know we call our sniffer tight end so okay our personnel yeah. is, is a sniffer and a, and a tailback and then we, we you know in fact this season Everybody, we've, we've gone and spoke at a few clinics and it's all been about like 12 personnel. It's kind of like everybody forgot. I'm like, man, that's the old pro eye, you know, like, yeah. but yeah, it's an inline tied in with the freaking sniffer and yeah, we do what Love we it. do out of it. And, you know, it's just, I mean, that's how, that's how we can play teams that are faster than us. Like when we play a region three team or, yeah. you know, stuff like that is, is that to me, we get, we can get in 12 and we can kind of dictate and they're not used to it. You know, it's, 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 kind of gone away you know so yeah yeah we do we, we do quite a bit of that in fact in fact we were like 32 percent 12 personnel this year um uh, so it, it's a good chunk of our offense oh man big huge fan of that but you know as we close here you you coach the great wall of bernie so i'm going to allow you to, to make a great wall of arlington uh how about them cowboys o-line edition of start bench cut and i picked i picked three guys from the glory days i mean i know okay andre gerard and flozell adams i mean those, those guys are good guys too but I, I kept it within the glory days there in the 90s so start one bench one and cut one larry allen nate newton 
and Eric Williams. Start one, bench one, cut one. Okay, well, uh, okay, those are three freaking good linemen. Um, start Larry Allen, man. He's like, yeah, that's what I would have done. Uh, he's freaking amazing. Yeah, he's, yeah, start Larry Allen. I would say, uh, yeah, you can't cut Eric. So bench Eric Williams. Okay. Freaking dude. I actually got a story about Eric Williams too. Personal story. And then, and then I guess cut Nate Newton. Uh, yeah. But shoot, that's a hard cut. He's a, I mean, a good one too. Yeah. Yeah. So Eric, Eric Allen, that's funny, man. So I'm, I'm somewhere, somewhere in the mid seas, lost cleanest area one time. I'm 18 years old, something like that. Maybe a little bit younger, maybe 17. Uh, and I come out of a seven 11 and there's a, like a Hummer, like a full on H one, like Hummer, and it's got those spinner wheels on it, yeah. you know, like, and so I kind of walk by and I just being a little punk kid, I spin the wheel on this Hummer and I turn around and he's like, Hey man, don't mess with my car. I turn around, it's freaking Eric Williams. Wow. I'm like, oh shit. Yeah. My heart <laughs> would like, Sorry, man. Sorry, man. He's like, it's cool. It was cool. And he just walked in. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. You know, so I walk off. That was a big dude. That was a big dude. That's pretty- awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos to you for not just passing out on the spot or something i would have been yeah. terrified but that that's uh, I awesome i wanted to but he was yeah. cool so yeah well if you if y'all have enjoyed this much as i have again please take a moment give us that five star rating that really helps more people find the show hit the follow button to subscribe you'll get a new episode in your queue when they come out each sunday uh, you can follow me on twitter at coach underscore kovo that's coach underscore ko kovo Join the team, play revolution, give us feedback or give us guest recommendations. You can DM me on Twitter or email at teamplayerpodcast at gmail.com. I'll find that coach and bring them on the show. So share with us some coaches that made a difference in your life. As always, the cover art and music for the team player podcast is provided by two of my former players. The cover art is by Kaiser St. Cyr. That's that nice. defensive end. That's the nice. defensive yeah. end, number 90, yeah. that, awesome. that drew his helmet. He drew our, our beautiful cover art. So he is an artist. Yeah. Now. Yep. That's cool. I love yep. y'all's logo. That's great. Thank you, man. And then our intro and exit music is one more good enough from Avrion's self-titled debut album. You can find his music on all platforms by searching for Avrion. That's A-V-R-I-O-N. All right, Coach David Wilkinson, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Man, thanks for having me, Kobo. Take care, buddy. All right. Thank you to all the team players out there for your support, and we'll catch y'all down the road. It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and sharing them. I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and sharing them. I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough But you be told I need some therapy, initially ain't doing